All right. Hey, look at me. I'm all by myself, and we are live here on the Squadcast on a Tuesday night. Thanks for checking in. I'm Producer Clark. I already see our regulars are popping in. We got Adam Schultz, Robin Wildy, Connor Anderson, among others. Thanks for checking in tonight. Uh, you are the squad. You are the fanalists. I'm Producer Clark. Uh, we're here in the basement of the Rod Peterson Show bunker, as I say every week. And I don't have a Max with me tonight, do I? However, maybe I do. Max, are you there? Uh-oh. I am good, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. Jordan's going to figure out the cameras. There we go. There we go. Max is at home tonight. He's uh, making sure he's healthy. We're feeling fine. We're feeling good. We're getting ready to go. But we're going to have Max calling in all night long from his house tonight. Max, uh, give us an update. How are you feeling right now? Uh, not going to lie. I'm battling tonight. I'm, uh, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to battle through for, uh, for the goodness of the program because uh, I certainly know you can't carry it by yourself. So. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate that wholeheartedly, Max. Uh, So, of course, this week's show is brought to you by Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. Our good friends Roxanne and Darnell over there are doing great work. Don't rack your brain trying to figure out what you need for your business and how to get it. They can handle everything for you. Give them a call, rockstar.com. I always get it wrong. Is it com or CA? I always got to figure that out. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's .com, but give them a call. Uh, Check out their website. Check out their Facebook. They're awesome people. Uh, producer Clark, you must know producer Drew. I'm assuming, who, which producer Drew are you talking about? Are you talking about uh, the Sportsnet producer Drew? I don't know him. I should know him, but I don't. Uh, as always, you can ask us anything throughout the night. Is that graphic going to work with Max uh, being at home, guys? There he is. There's Ask Us Anything. We got the Hulk. Look at that. Saying, Best director in the biz. He wants us to. He wants you to send in your comments all night long. We got the comment wall buzzing already. We want to see your comments throughout the night, and uh, we'll get to them all night long. We got some special guests tonight. Uh, Max, how are you feeling about breaking down the show? Can you handle it? We'll give it a go. We'll give right. it a go. But uh, everybody, it's the silver anniversary episode twenty-five. We've got a lot to talk about in the world of sports. I'm feeling like the Buffalo Sabers today, Clark. Just struggling to survive. Oof. We welcome in voice of the Brandon Wheat Kings, Brandon Crow, to talk to us about the double, his thoughts on the CHL transfer agreement, and if it could mean long-term trouble. Ooh. It's time for a new segment, the unveiling of the corner three. Andrew from Hoop Life stops by to break in the rookie debut of the feature as we talk NBA, March Madness, and if the Lakers are in trouble down the stretch with LeBron's ankle injury. Good rhymes, Max. How was that? That's pretty, I'd say good that's stuff, pretty hey? good. So let's get this off uh, off the ground and going uh, with the top of the order. We're starting off with LeBron James, LBJ, a high ankle sprain. Let's get that photo up and get it going, fellas. Look at that. Ouch. Looks like it hurts. Nice shoes, though. Look at those shoes. Uh, they probably cost Incredibly a couple nice hundred shoes. bucks, I would think, hey? Uh, Almost like he is worth as much to buy a minority portion of the Boston Red Sox or something. Yeah, you, you notice two weeks in a row LeBron James is leading off our top of the order? What the heck? Look at that. Very influential very fella. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're going to get into LeBron James and the impact of him being out a little later on with Andrew Gottsleek from Hoop Life. Max, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm, on, I'm live on TikTok right now. Uh, we got a few people tuning in right now. Uh, so Good make stuff. sure you check me out, producer Clark on TikTok. I'm getting huge over there, getting really famous. Uh, if I do say so getting myself, huge, <laughs> huge, yeah, in more way than Get, one. Getting swole on TikTok, as it were. Uh, you know what? Maybe that's the next thing I do. I gotta, you know, get the workout plan going, and it'll all go on TikTok, maybe. But uh, if you're watching on TikTok, I see you down there. Make sure you send in some questions, and we'll get to them throughout the night. Uh, but uh, the next thing we got to talk about is, and we'll get into this a little bit here right now, Ralph Kruger is relieved of his duties by the Sabres. 
Uh, and Max, that uh, organization just continues to be a beacon of hope, a beacon of uh, positivity. Uh, it just seems like everything they do just continues to fall apart. Uh, give me your thoughts on the on the Buffalo Sabres right now and, and the mess that they are. Yeah, it's funny, right? You allude to a beacon of hope, a beacon of optimism. Unfortunately, I would not like to be a part of their marketing team right now because you're you're peddling a bunch of BS as far as I'm concerned. You look at Ralph Kruger, the team's in the midst of a 14-game losing streak, which is not their first one in this decade, unfortunately. Or sorry, maybe of this decade, but they previously had one in 2014, 2015 as well. And for a franchise and hockey town as, as uh, prominent as it is in the U.S. market, it's really unfortunate to see what these fans have to go through. 6-20-4, I believe they're record on the season they're missing their captain jack eichel um they're likely in the sweepstakes for uh for a top draft pick again in a draft that doesn't necessarily have a clear-cut savior uh it's going to be interesting but ralph Kruger sitting on a 3.75 million dollar contract for the rest of this season and next i'm pretty sure he's happy to be getting out of there and uh, unfortunately it's just seemingly like an unsalvageable situation so we'll see what happens in buffalo over the next little while but there is some serious fixes that need to take place well, the, the good thing about Buffalo is they do have pieces that they probably can trade and get a little bit of future return back. Uh, we, we're going to talk about that a little later on because it looks like the uh, TSN trade bait board is going to be winning our vote. So we'll get to that in a second. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they got guys like Eric Stahl, Taylor Hall's all over the all over the rumor mill. Uh, and there's a, a bunch of other guys as well. So we'll get into that in a sec. Uh, next on the docket, uh, my mouse doesn't want to work right now, which is always fun. Kyle Lowry trade rumors are heating up, Max, and you put uh, quotations mm-hmm. around the word heat. Uh, it sounds like the Miami Heat are pushing now, um, and we're going to be talking again uh, later on with Andrew Gottslig about this as well, but uh, what have you heard? What's the latest on Kyle Lowry? I've heard, well, I was hearing rumors to his hometown 76ers in Philadelphia, because that's where he's mm-hmm. from, uh, but there's other teams that are pushing for him as well, and the argument right now is, do you trade him if you're the Raptors? He's, he's like the icon of your franchise right now. Yeah, absolutely. When again, another team in the midst of a, a very, very dire situation. It's it seems like 2019 was so long ago. When you look at Raptors Twitter and and the comments that are chiming in, people forget that this is a world champion organization uh, as little as 24 months ago. And it's unfortunate to see what they're going through. Pascal Siakam in the rumor mill with a confrontation with head coach Nick Nurse. Uh, but when it, it pertains to Kyle's situation, he just came out with comments saying, uh, "I would retire a Raptor," which again, that's very, very good lip service, especially if you're Kyle. And um, trying to to maintain your positive team first image, which I'm sure he is a team first guy. Um, fans, people within the organization seem to rave about him on every aspect. And the fact of the matter is the Raptors don't win a championship without him. He's in Raptors lore forever. So if he can help out the franchise and maybe kickstart some pieces to, to retool the organization a little bit and get back to that level of prominence that they boasted in 2019, uh, we'll see. But uh, if the Raptors don't deal him, it's going to be interesting. His contract's up for renewal too, right? So I don't necessarily know if he's worth north of $30 million. Um, I guess we'll see what he thinks his worth is. But when it comes to the NBA, you can't lose a guy of Kyle Lowry's stature for nothing. So we'll we'll dive into it more with Andrew from Hoop Life a little later on. But that's uh, kind of what I'm thinking about uh, K-Law. Yeah, and you know, the the argument, we were talking about it earlier today on Rod's show, but, uh, you know, not trading your stars, keeping your stars, and that's a big argument uh, around here because, you know, as the as Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans here in, in Regina, we've been burned by losing a few stars in recent years, so uh, it, it's a little touchy when it comes to uh, losing guys of Kyle Lowry's stature uh, in terms of team importance. Um, when you have to, when you're considering, is this team done? You know, are they are they past their window? Is it time for Fred 
Van Vliet to take over? Is it Pascal Siakam's time? And I think it might be. I think trading Kyle Lowry right now could kind of launch this team back into a rebuild, uh, but not one that's going to take too long. If they can get the right pieces back, they could be right back to the team they were. Maybe not with the Kawhi Leonard situation, but if you're talking about a team that is has a bit of a younger rejuvenation, uh, and they could be back in like playoff contention in, in a, within probably within as early as next year. Uh, if they do it right. So mm-hmm. if they can get the right pieces, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of guys are available from these teams. Uh, we saw the Clippers, I think, were on there. Uh, I've heard the Pistons. I don't know why the Pistons. Maybe I got that one wrong. Uh, the Heat and the 76ers seem to be kind of the top few teams that are in on them. Uh, so we'll see like who's available on those teams, what kind of pieces they can bring in, and and complement guys like Van Vliet and Siakam and, and see if they can kind of just do uh, a retool rather than a rebuild. So that'll be interesting. Uh, Max, I'm wearing a hoodie right now. It's the first time I'm wearing it on the show uh, of the Toronto mm-hmm. Blue Jays. And uh, I got a, a jersey. I always suck at pointing at these things. Uh, a jersey behind <laughs> me on the wall, the Blue Jays. There it is, right there. And uh, the Blue Jays right now uh, are dealing with a little bit of an injury bug. There's uh, Kirby Yates just announced that he's going for Tommy John surgery. So he's out again. Uh, second Tommy John surgery in his career, which is never a good thing. <laughs> you don't want to go for two of those things if you don't have to. Uh, but Sounds he's like out. a pleasant name, not a pleasant surgery, though. Yeah, no, you don't want you don't want to know Tommy John when you're a baseball player. Uh, so... He's out. Uh, they He was kind of their bell of the ball in terms of bullpen signings in the offseason. However, guys like Jordan Romano are, are pumping it uh, right now, and he's looking really good, uh, among other guys. Can they sustain some of these injuries, Max? Uh, you were talking just before the show when we were talking. There's there's more than just Kirby Yates. Can you talk about a little bit of the injury status right now and, and what, what the Jays are going to do about it? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like Robbie Ray had a bit of an unfortunate accident when he was carrying his kid, a very kind of thing that you don't hear about in the headlines too often, but he's got a bruised elbow. He's going to miss his next spring training start. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say you could probably relate to that for sure. Um, He's going to miss his next spring training start, though. They're still optimistic he could be ready for opening week, though, and slot in that number two or three role behind either Steven Matz, who's been an incredible spring training surprise, uh, or possibly uh, in the two-hole behind high-engine Ryu. It's a lefty-dominant starting rotation for your Toronto Blue Jays this year but um when it comes to uh, george springer as well right that's the bell of the ball in terms of free agent acquisitions as a whole for the entire team he's out with an oblique strain it's it's one of those things where it's a i believe it was reported as a grade two strain uh so they're saying that he could miss possibly up to a week which kind of falls right in line with opening day again optimistic that he'll be ready to go come opening day and we'll we'll see what happens there but this kirby yates one it's it's incredibly tough when you look at the bullpen um, and you look at how needing to have a linchpin to really be a strong contender. Uh, yeah, there's certainly teams that have done it in the past by doing it by committee. But when you look at the back end of the bullpen, can Jordan Romano emerge as a Kirby Yates type of contributor? We, we got to remember Kirby Yates had sa- seasons uh, with over 40 saves. Um, it's uh, it's incredibly tough to emerge as a dominant closing pitcher in the major leagues. And at the end of the day, we'll we'll hopefully wish him well on on recovery from a really tough point in his career. Um, I, I can imagine he's uh, feeling as low as anyone right now in terms of what his baseball future looks like. But when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays, here's hoping that they can withstand some of this injury trouble they've had early on in spring and it doesn't carry over too deeply into the regular season. So, Max, uh, I just positioned my phone here because I was getting chirped uh, because on my TikTok live, which I have going right now, 
it was looking at a green screen. So when I was pointing at the Jays jersey behind me, everyone was like, oh, uh, you're pointing at a green wall, bro. And I was like, yeah, well, guess what? That's how production works. Sorry. So I've decided to flip this, the phone around and I'm going to point it at the TV screen so that they can see what uh, the people are seeing on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. little plug if you want to go watch the show in its entirety. You can watch us over there. Uh, but I have to position it so that it doesn't fall. And this uh, how are those, isn't the most. How are those chopsticks holding up on your tripod yeah, there? That, it's uh, not the most reliable a... tripod. There's no like <laughs> clicking for these legs. So they just kind of stay. So I'm hoping it doesn't fall. But anyways, here Be we gentle. are. Be gentle. Be gentle. Here we are. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, March Madness, uh, or are you upset with it, I guess? It's not just madness. It's always March Sadness, as you know. Uh, brackets yes. were busted early and often. Uh, I don't even. I didn't even look at mine. I was like, you know what? I'm done. There's 25 bucks down the drain. There's no chance I'm winning <laughs> this one. I'm just giving up. Uh, so I haven't looked. But uh, Max, talk about March Madness uh, and how crazy this tournament has been this season. Yeah, brackets busted is always the fun term for alliteration. But my bracket this year was uh, bracket obliterated. My goodness, it uh, it started with uh, the the number fifteen seed Oral Roberts University um, beating up on Ohio State. I don't think anybody saw that coming. That was a very very ma- major upset, and the, yet they had another another uh, reason to be deemed this year's Cinderella story with another upset win. I can't remember who it was over. I've been watching a lot of hockey this week, um, but uh, either right. way, they're through to the Sweet Sixteen for the uh, the first uh, time in school history. So um, that, among other upsets, Ohio was getting through a four seed, uh, a, a lot of different teams. I was paying attention to the Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, I wonder why. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, it, uh, it was a very interesting uh, opening weekend of March sadness. And yeah, my bracket got completely obliterated. I'm interested to hear Andrew Gottsleek's thoughts on how the tournament's broke down so far. I can imagine for basketball, though, just as a whole, um, it's got to be fun to be seeing all these upsets. If you're a fan of the game, that's that's kind of what you live for is to see the underdog come through, uh, especially in a, in a game as as nuanced as basketball, to to see these teams coming through and, and shining in, in a bright light in a very difficult year. we got to remember, this tournament was canceled last year and to the chagrin of millions of people. Uh, this is a very, very, very big tournament for all of college basketball. And uh, when you look at it from the men's side, I think we'd be remiss not to mention the women's side. There's been some incredible basketball being played over there as well. Um, but uh, obviously the men's uh, bracket definitely dominates the headlines, but it's been interesting to see the upsets and it's going to make for a fantastic Sweet 16. Yeah, definitely. The Creighton Jays are the former home of Doug McDermott, I think, is who is now in the NBA. I'm pretty sure that's who that was. Uh, he had a couple good... Se- I think it was Doug McDermott. I'm getting mixed up maybe, but I remember the Cre- it was Doug McDermott. Allen's chiming in. And his dad was the coach, right? Pretty sure I'm right on that one. Uh, but I was following them a few years back when he was uh, shooting threes every single game. I think he like led the tournament in three-pointers that year. Uh, love the Creighton Jays. Uh, good, good call on that one, Max. Uh, but you brought up a good point. The women's tournament's also going on, and it caught a little bit of steam uh, on Twitter uh, and social media everywhere, really, honestly. Uh, with Sedona Prince, uh, who plays for the Oregon Ducks, female basketball team, uh, posted a video of the female gym, and you're looking at it. That's it. Uh, so that was mm-hmm. what it was. Uh, and then she showed a comparison video of the guy's gym, and it was a freaking Gold's gym in there. Uh, it was freaking Globo Gym from uh, Average <laughs> Average Joe's. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, Dodgeball, the movie, of course, is what I'm referring to. Is that a, that's what I meant. But uh, 
you know, the, the differences between the men's and the women's has kind of been brought to light. And since then, it seems like they've made some changes. They've, they've added to the women's gyms. Uh, we've seen some videos of them increasing the uh, funding, essentially. They've added uh, better food options for the girls as well. So it seems like this is one of those times when the old cancel culture actually worked out for the positive, Max. Can you, uh, what, what's your perspective on all of that? Well, I don't know about you, but the last time I checked my calendar, this is 2021. The fact that they had to even deal with this in the way that they did is frankly embarrassing for the NCAA. When you look at the public numbers of how much money that they generate from these sports every single year and in a co-hosted facility of the tournaments to not have the foresight to have adequate facilities for these female athletes it is absolutely ridiculous. When you look at it top to bottom, again, the, the video says it all. I mean, we really don't need to get into it any further. Um, it just points out the glaring and obvious, um, really disillusioned mentality we have as a society for the men's versus the women's still in the world of sports. The NCAA had a, a tremendous opportunity to step up and spend some extra dough to not just create an illusion, but create a movement for all of sport for female athletes as a whole and say, we've had enough of this. We There's no reason for this to stand any longer. Um, so that's great that they went into damage control, I guess, but really should you have needed to go into damage control? I don't know. This this seemed like a, a ridiculous uh, thing that is going to continue to dominate headlines for a few weeks and, and possibly years. But here's hoping the NCAA learn their lesson and next year we don't have to have a, uh, a rejigging of, of the facilities. Let's just hope that they get it right from day one for, for both genders that are competing in this illustrious tournament. Yeah, you would hope so. And I kind of had the same thought. I'm like, it's 2021 and you gave them a freaking dumbbell rack. That's all you give them. Like, come on, the these food, girls. The food was ridiculous, too. Yeah. Like, my goodness. But that I actually, speaking of TikTok, because so. I'm on it live and I'm getting some people asking us uh, where they can watch Twitter, Facebook. I got some I got some of our warriors in there. They're telling everybody where to go. So thanks, Connor. Thanks, thanks Chad. Uh, Chad Isaac and Connor Anderson are handling the business for us in there. Uh, so hopefully we get some viewers from that. But, uh, you know, it's interesting because I followed Sedona Price on TikTok now. So I've been watching all of her mm -hmm. updates as they go because uh, I think their tournament just got going uh, this week, I think, or maybe this past weekend. And uh, they've their food's been better. She's been, like, loving it. She posts all the videos of every meal they get sent. Uh, it's all delivered to their door. So that's been good. But, Max, good. we're going to get uh, to our next kind of mini segment here. But that was the top of the order brought to you by Flame Tech Combustion Services. I'm going to point correctly this time. It should be over there. Uh, Flame Tech strives to provide comfort for everyone in communities across Saskatchewan. Uh, they've been at it for more than 20 years, and their mentality has changed, stayed the same through all of the challenges that have come up in the last little while. And they're proud to support local businesses and initiatives such as ours uh, throughout this great province. So thank you, Flame Tech. Visit flametech.ca for more information. Uh, we got the Vigor fan vote coming up now. Vigor Lifestyles, that's V-I-G-R dot C-A. Uh, we're going to get to the Vigor fan vote. And Max, if I were to tell you that the NHL trade Bait, ran away with the vote what would you say I, I'm, I thought that would happen pretty much as soon as I posted it um, so we're going to get to that now I'm just going to check the final results because uh, I know that your team the hat you're wearing the Nashville Predators uh, have been in some crazy rumors just recently as a couple hours ago Elliot Friedman lightened Twitter on fire saying they might trade Ryan Ellis can you talk about that really quick before we get into it oh geez how much time do we have uh, uh, it's, not uh, very it's long because Brandon Crow's waiting <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Well, it's incredible to see just how this situation has evolved. And I mean, as a fan, I, I got to put my bias aside a little bit. When you watch the team as a whole, I don't necessarily know if they have contender status this year. 
But if I'm putting my bias hat on, I'm going to say that UC Soros is playing unbelievable hockey. And the common theme that everybody would possibly want to relate to, at least as far as my Preds fandom is concerned, is look at what the Blues did in 2019 behind the backstopping of Jordan Bennington. Um, UC Soros is playing otherworldly right now. It's absolutely incredible to, to watch him on a nightly basis. And on the weekend, he actually set records for the Predators organization uh, with back-to-back games of over 45 saves. Um, sorry, second game was over 45 saves. First game was 40 plus. I, I digress. Um, Are you saying he's way, doing pretty the, good right the only, now, then, Max? I, I'm saying I'm saying he's doing pretty good at stopping the puck. So as it relates to Ryan Allison, uh, Mikhail Granlin, and Matthias Ekholm, and every other name that you see in this trade bait board, uh, we got to remember a little less or more than a month ago, Elliot Friedman labeled Ryan Ellis as one of the untouchables on the Preds. Um, right. He's recently had surgery. He's not going to be back for a while. Uh, that certainly hurts his trade value for any contender this year. Um, I'm not too sure what the timeline is on it, but as recently as yesterday, uh, he was labeled as not close. Um, so that uh, if you're a contending team is not something that you want to hear. But yeah. he's got six years left at a reasonable cap at of $6.25 million. Uh, and when you look at Matthias Ekholm and what he can bring on both sides of the blue line, we talked about it earlier. He has the ability to play the right side. He plays the left side. He's on a very reasonable contract for another year uh, at $3.75 million. Um, and you, you really have to weigh apples and oranges here. Ellis, is, he's had some injury troubles the last couple of years, not necessarily through the fault of his own. Uh, we talked about it last show with the Corey Perry hit uh, derailing a, a very good season last year. But if you're the Predators and you're looking at potential suitors and what uh, teams are offering you, hey, if it's a blow-you-away type offer, by all means, maybe you got to weigh the apples and oranges there and say, all right, Ryan Ellis might be the guy, uh, and then you re-sign Matias home to a long-term extension. So either or, they're both great leaders. Um, I'd hate to see either one of them leave the team, but when you perform the way that they've started the season, and again, I digress again, they're up 2 nothing on Detroit right now, and if they win tonight <laughs> and the Blackhawks lose, they're only two points out of a playoff spot. So yeah, Max, here's again, the thing. like very, you're, talking about trading every, you're talking about trading everybody on the Preds. They're making the playoffs, man. They're making a run. So I don't know why you <laughs> trade all these guys, because you're going to need them for the playoffs. You're going to make a Stanley Cup run, my man. Well, that's uh, but, funny with you being a fan of the Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas. Uh, I don't think he's echoing that sentiment to David Poyle, that's for sure. Well, they're not going to say that, but uh, you know, it's, <laughs> the realism is that uh, you know the Central Division is weird this year in the NHL, and I think they actually have a legitimately good chance of making the playoffs. Uh, Max, can you put up the uh, trade board screen for us, please? Let's just go quickly over the names, and then we're going to bring in our first guest of the night. Now, if you can read that, uh, good for you. Uh, but I can. Uh, so that is Matthias <laughs> Ekholm on top. We just talked about him. David Savard, if he can get retained, I think has a lot of value. Oh, you're zooming in for me. That's good. I can see it, but uh, now I'm missing names. Good try. If you want to zoom in and then scroll down as we go, that'd be cool. Look at this. Now we got some real production value going on here. So Taylor Hall is the other name. Of course, everyone's talking about Taylor Hall. Ricard Raquel is having a, a good little stretch here for the Ducks. I'm not sure how much his value is right now. Jonathan Bernier uh, seems to be the top available goaltender if he can stay healthy. Nick Foligno is all over the, the rumor mill right now for the Blue Jackets. Mikhail Granlin, your boy. Mikhail Granlin, uh, he's right there. I'm not sure if, what he gets dealt for. Now, this one was interesting. There's two on here. A Toronto's first, a top second, prospect. A third, and a fourth. Why wouldn't they just say who Toronto's top prospect is? Is it subjective? Like, is it different per team? <laughs> I, was, I, I, I mean, I guess. I was actually ask you about that, Clark. In, in your opinion, who is Toronto's top prospect? Who is Probably, probably Nick Robertson or Rasmus Sandin, I would think, depending on the team who needs a forward, mm -hmm. who wants a defenseman, I would think. Uh, Alex Goligoski, Cal Palmieri, Tanner Pearson, uh, then Chicago's cap space. 
<laughs> the cap space is a trade target, so that's good. Uh, Brandon Montour, Eric Stahl. These are all names that were on here, and they just keep adding names. Uh, I'm surprised Alex Kerfoot's not higher up, considering he's the pretty much the only guy the Leafs can trade with any salary attached to his name. So that's interesting. Uh, and then there's a few names at the bottom there. Tony D'Angelo keeps sliding, because I don't think anyone wants to touch that guy, uh, given his history. No. So there's some interesting names on there. We'll definitely keep an eye on it, but we're going to head to a break. First, before we do, that, of course, was brought to you by Vigor Lifestyles. That's V-I-G-R dot C-A. Uh, you can check out their Elk Velvet Antler, which both Max and I have uh, enjoyed. It's a great supplement. Uh, and there's a lot right of now. You have some? Oh, yeah, you do need some of that right now. Uh, they have some yes, great sir. natural health and healing supplements uh, as well. So check out V-I-G-R, Vigor.ca, to get on the right natural health path for you. We're going to head to a quick break, and we're bringing in the voice of the Brandon Wheat Kings, Brandon Crow, uh, coming up after the break. Stay tuned. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Comfort has always been something we, as people, strive for. It means that the places we live and work, and that the people we care most about, are able to go about their lives focusing on the things that matter. While the world seems to be facing one challenge after another, our focus at FlameTech has remained the same for more than 20 years. Now more than ever, we need each other to support our local businesses. As an industry leader in combustion services, we are proud to attend to the needs of our communities and support the local economy. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Everyday Hoop Life. Services Company, LED, LED Sign Rentals, Video, Video Production, Event, Event Management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website, IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. We are back, and we have a very special guest joining us in the bunker. Easy, a very special, <laughs> very special. Your mom told me to tell me to tell yeah, people that. I'm sure she did. Uh, our first guest of the night is straight out of the metropolis of Boise Van, Manitoba, right? Correct. Yes, home of David Robertson, uh, and joins us in the midst of the WHL hub city 
for the East Division anyways. Uh, he is the voice of the Brandon Weekings. Can you tell? Yeah, got sorry. The, got the hoodie I, and everything. Uh, That's good. It's, the t-shirt underneath is Weeking t-shirt as well. That's all I brought. It's <laughs> all I packed in my suitcase. I mean, why, why would you wear anything else? Yeah. You're just going hotel to rink and back, so it's a pretty good setup for you. But uh, welcome to the show, Crozy. Yeah, this is cool. Uh, I watched the RP show. I've, I've seen a bunch of your guys' interviews. It's it's neat to be in the bunker. Different than you expected? 100%. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like... I don't know. It's like peeling back the curtain into something that is such the a Wizard mythic. of Oz. Yeah, it's like <laughs> you're walking into the like the closet of Narnia or something. Yeah. it's weird. <laughs> so before we get into the WHL talk, we've known each other for I don't know six, seven years yeah, now, a long probably time. Yeah. Uh, off and on. Uh, but uh, I met you during our SGHL stint. Correct. I was uh, over here in Estevan with the Great with the wonderful Bruins. This is Bryce Platt's jersey from a couple years back. Uh, former Pat, by the way. But uh, you know. We met each other, I think, in Estevan for the first time. I think is where you were what there. Would that have been like 2014, 15. Yeah, yeah. I was hanging out with Corrigan, Jeremy Corrigan, friend <laughs> of the show. Uh, and uh, you came over and we chatted and we've uh, we've known each other ever since. But the SGHL announced just today officially that they were shutting down yeah. the season for 2021. Uh, they got rejected by the government. Sounds like they put a plan forward at least, but it got rejected. So uh, w first off, what went through your head when you heard that? I saw you commented in earlier about uh, yeah. a group chat with some Melfort friends. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I started my career in Melfort. Right. Uh, I went up there actually uh, to read the news and the weather yeah. uh, on CJVR radio, CK7. 50 in Melford and uh, that quickly transitioned into a play-by-play -play job with Humboldt uh, my first year the year they hosted the RBC Cup and then I did a little a few games with Nippon and then spent the next five years doing games for the Melford Mustangs in the SJ so like I commented earlier on the RP show is that I, I'm still in a group chat with you know a handful of guys that played especially on that Melford championship team that that went all the way to the RBC Cup the first of back-to-back -back. Uh, and we talk every day still to this day so I don't think people, they think hockey, oh, they're fine. The boys, they'll be fine. They just don't get to play hockey. But it's it's there's so much more to it than that. It's the relationships. I mean, yeah, I was the radio guy, and I, I've stood up at two of the players' weddings since right. then. Yeah. Right? You know, I, I've been involved in, you know, in their kids' lives and, and their weddings, their families' lives, and, and their parents and the families. And it's there's so much more to it than just hockey. It's the relationships, the billets. Um, you know, there's just so much more that goes into it. And I know Rod talked this morning about how, you know, he had tears welling up in his eyes thinking about what these young men are going through. And I'm with him 100%. I mean, that's five years of my life and arguably the best five years of my life involved with the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. You meet so many great people. And it's just so much fun being a part of a small town, you know, community thing. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you felt it in Estevan, you know, Melford and Estevan, same type of situation, big rink. They filled it when they had to. The community was just so much support. So it's it's heartbreaking. It really is. And you read, you know, like Luke Spadafora's social right. media post, you see more and more players are putting it out there that... I saw one from uh, Zach Gobaris the other day, who was a Bruin for a couple of years while I was there, uh, and he went on to be one of the better players in the league. And then he got a Div One scholarship out of the deal, and he even put out some thoughts of like oh. how he's feeling it right now. And it's so sad. Uh, it, it's 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 terrible. It sucks. And you know, the first thing I thought of uh, this might, name might not mean a lot to you, but. Uh, Gail in uh, in oh, Estevan. Yeah. You yeah. probably know her. You probably saw her in the oh, offices. Yeah. She was always um, there. Gail Chillman. She posted a, a thing on Facebook, basically like how disappointed she was because she billets and you know she falls in love with these kids. They become your kids oh, as billets. Uh, you know, you meet their families. You get to know their moms and and your and their dads and their siblings and their uncles and aunts. that come and visit, and uh, it's so tough for not just the players, not just the coaches, but the fans, the community, the billets, the the people who love going to the games that mean something to them. So it's a tough situation and. And hopefully they bounce back and have a good year next yeah, year. Yeah, I think that 
the fact that they got some government funding uh, way back, when, when was that? Like November, December? Yeah, it feels yeah. like it wasn't that long ago, but you think back, I think it was I don't even know what day of the week it is at this point. Um, Tuesday, because I know we have a show on Tuesday. It, it feels <laughs> like, you know, that was a good thing for them to get some funding because right now they're going to be, uh, they're going to be hurting. Yeah. Um, I mean, financially, uh, junior A teams don't operate on a lot of money. Now, to put it into perspective, let me, let me, let me go back. The year that Malfort won the championship, that was 2015. Uh, that year, uh, the Melfort Mustangs, when all was said and done, was one of just 10 teams in Canada that turned a profit. Junior A teams. Junior A teams, sorry. Yeah. Junior A teams. No, you're so right. Yep. When you think across Junior A in Canada, there's there's got to be like 150-plus teams, Junior yeah. A, in all the leagues, BC to the to the East Coast. And there's only 10 of them that yeah. turned a profit. And it was because they'd gone all the way and won. So you have to have a lot of things go right to make money. So they're in trouble. So uh, I, I just really I think back to my first couple of weeks in Estevan, and uh, you probably were there. When did you start in the SJ? I started in 2010, 11, the yeah. year that Humboldt hosted the RBC Cup. Right. So you were there for the oil boom in Estevan, and correct. You know, they. I were, live in Verdun now, another oil boom town, identical to Estevan. Exactly. Just like a couple hours yeah. away. So they uh, they were just coming down when I got there off of this major boom, and you know the team had some good money in the right. coffers at the time. But I even then, like the first few weeks, we were talking about uh, calendars throughout the year. Like, what's this event? This event? What are we going to do for fundraising? And uh, I remember we were talking about our sportsman dinner specifically. And Chris Lugut, coach of the team at the time, uh, basically said, you know, if we don't make money on that, we're, we don't make money on the season. And I was like, what? Like, yeah. I, I was, it was a wake-up call for me because I was thinking, you know, they were just coming off all this sponsorship and everything was great. And uh, it seems like the team had some good ticket sales. And then uh, he's like, yeah, so if we don't make money on the sportsman dinner fundraiser, we don't make money this year. And I was like, what? It was just, it was yeah. mind-blowing to me. And I think a lot of teams are like that. You know, if, if they don't make money on their harvest fundraiser, yeah. on, their Fall truck, suppers, on their truck raffles, on anything, you know, that's, and all that stuff's not happening right now, let alone hockey, uh, it's a tough situation. But, you know, let's hop, let's hop yep. over into the major juniors. And uh, you're here in Regina for a specific reason. The Weekings are in the hub city, the double, as some people are calling <laughs> the it. Double. The dub hub. <laughs> I think we got to give that to Les Lazarek, yeah. I think, guest of the Rod Peterson show, friend yeah. of the show. He's coming in on Thursday, actually. Uh, <laughs> he, he's the one that coined it the double, I think. Yeah, we I've heard him it. say it a few times. Uh, so you're not with the team. In the, in the bubble. I'm Otherwise, like, you wouldn't be here right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm like Ross and Rachel. I'm on a break. Oh, you're on a break. <laughs> we were on, <laughs> we were on a break. Uh, <laughs> it's very odd. We can go into a big friends yeah. thing right now. Uh, but let's stick to hockey. So talk about the arrangements for the team and how you're separated. How's that all working right now? Well, it's different because in my situation, unlike um, some teams, I'm not an employee of the team. I'm still an employee of the radio station, which right. is... About a 50-50 split, I would think, between the teams in the Western League. So uh, in my situation, uh, I am not in the cohort is the, the term that they're throwing around. So okay. the players, coaches, equipment manager, athletic therapist, and other important ice-level game day staff, they're in the dorm. They checked in on March 1st, did their testing. At the University of Regina. At the University, yeah, Luther yeah. College, uh, one or the other. I'm not There's I'm not familiar with U of R, so it's, they're in one of those buildings. Yeah. I think it's called the Pasqua Tower, or I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, and so they're there. They got there March 1st, did their testing, did everything, um, isolation, all that. Uh, and th that is it. They get you know transported to the rink and back. All their meals are either there or in the in the locker room, uh, and that's it. They have no outside anything. Um, yeah. If there are supplies needed, uh, they get you know taken to a drop off location, dropped off. Parents are sending packages if they have to, treats, home cooked baking, that sort of thing. As for myself and like Brandon, general manager Darren Ritchie, assistant GM Doug Gasper, 
we are at uh, the Residence Inn, uh, just right. Which is basically next yeah. door. Yeah. So we uh, we're able to basically be like you as part of the game staff, or or like Rod or Darren or Phil Andrews. We go in a separate entrance, do our thing, watch the games, call the games, and then leave. Right. Um, so. It's really odd. It's really strange doing everything. Like, I haven't seen Don McGilvery, our head coach, in person <laughs> since last summer. Right. Like, I've talked to him every day, yeah. but I haven't physically seen him. So, well, you see him across the ring. Yeah. I mean, I can wave at him from <laughs> yeah. a socially distanced. Yeah, it's uh, funny because um, Rod was saying today that I guess the Winnipeg Ice were going to give Rod a couple of gear, like items, like a hoodie or something oh, right. like that. And it was the trainer that wanted to give him. I don't, I guess Rod knows the trainer. And he's like, I don't know how to get it from Throw him. Throw it. Yeah, so I was like, tell the guy to go on the ice, huck it over the glass, and then you run down and scurry and pick it up and then run away. <laughs> well, <So. laughs> our equipment manager, Scott Halady, he's a funny guy. He played in Brandon, just celebrated his 400th game as equipment manager. He texted me the other day and he said, I would love a fast food burger. They can't even do that. And, and they can order in food. Uh, from like approved places, so okay. like the, the, some of their team meals. I know that the keg has gone in, and some of the bigger restaurants, and probably stuff like Subway, that. considering they're a big yeah, sponsor. And, uh, yeah, and so somebody like, like that. Teams are ordering some catering and things like that, but like your your snack foods and stuff. Like right. they're just if they didn't pack it, they're not getting it. So I said to him, like you know, maybe I'll just throw a bag of fries down from the press box. They got a they got a freezer in the room. Just grab a few McDoubles and throw them in a bag. In stuff them in the freezer, and <laughs> yeah. then you can have them at will. Uh, I think Max has a question. Max, are you still there? Do we have Max? Excellent uh, comments on the uh, on the the SJ stuff there, Brandon. I'm uh, like you said, it, I'm sure it hits home for a lot of people right now. But either way, just very interesting to hear you guys chat about uh, the good old days and the perspective of it and what uh, teams and players are feeling right now. But I did have a question about your game day experience and what it's like calling games in an empty rink. Is it tough to, I guess, hypothetically get up for some games missing the energy of the fans, or is it pretty easy when you're between guys like Phil Andrews and Rod Peterson? <laughs> You know, I wasn't sure what to expect. Luckily, the Central Division started first, so I was able to kind of talk to Dustin Forbes and, and Good guy, Dustin so, yeah, Forbes. some of the guys out in there and say, hey, what's it like? Is it weird? To me, I was I was worried because in Prince Albert once last year, uh, I ran my commercials a little long, so it was kind of one of those awkward moments where the anthem had started, but I was still talking, and there was a lull in the anthem while I was talking, yeah. and about 2,000 people just turned and Stared looked. at you. <laughs> and you know that line from Slapshot where they're like, I'm listening to the song! <laughs> like, that's what I felt like was happening with the Raider fans. Yeah. So I was really nervous about being too loud. Like, I'm a loud guy. So I was worried about, like, yelling and people judging what I was saying and stuff. But honestly, the puck dropped first game. Forgot all about it. Yeah. Like, there's ice mics. Last night, I had to turn them down. Uh, Brandon and Saskatoon, there was a lot of uh, unpleasantries exchanged uh, between the two clubs. I had to turn the ice mics down because there was lots of words that can't be on the radio or yeah. on this podcast. Right. Um, well, we're a night show. You can say stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it's the ice mics help. Uh, the arena mics help. But I got a funny story. Rod yeah. and Phil. Yeah. So I'm stuck between them in the press box in Regina. You know, Phil's in his booth and Rod's over on the other side doing the game with Dan. All right, set to go. That's <laughs> Phil. That's my Phil impression. Drake, <laughs> <laughs> decision. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so the overtime winner, Nolan Ritchie, scores a beautiful goal for Brandon to win the game. Well, I didn't realize it at the time because I, I didn't see it, but there was an incidental play in the back that led to this goal. Kyle Walker of the Pats collided with Ridley Gregg. Mm-hmm. Now the difference Couple in perspective. Couple solid boys. Yeah, the difference in perspective on my right and my left was like hot and cold. So Rod's going absolutely bananas. 
He's furious that they missed this call. Right. I, mean, I know exactly which one you're talking yeah. about. It was the pick play yeah. or the, yeah. the pick Kyle play. Kyle Walker should be livid. And so anyway, I'm I'm kind of laughing because my producer's like, who's yelling in the background? Like they can hear him through yeah. my broadcast board yeah. back in Brandon. And he's going bananas. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is just comedy gold because Rod's going to use this. And he's going to love it. And it's going to go viral. Oh, yeah. So I kind of just let it happen. I watched the replay and I thought, ah, I don't know if it was actually a missed call. I think it was a bit of an accident. So then I go and I talk to Phil and I listen to Phil's call. So Rod's getting all angry it was a missed call. And I listen to Phil's and he's like, yeah, Kyle Dove, he sold it. And I was like, that couldn't be more opposite. Because Rod is furious thinking they missed a call. And Phil's like, nope, he tried to sell it. No call, incidental, good goal. Next, so it's so different. Next time Rod goes off, you should just be like, hey, do you want to call my radio broadcast Yeah, you just, just take this mic because everyone in Manitoba can hear you right now anyway. But it's weird uh, being in the empty rink a little bit. I know that uh, there are times where I'm sitting in the crowd. I'll go and watch a game. Like tonight, I might head over and watch some of the Regina yeah, games. Yeah, it starts in about 20 minutes And, and I'm so. underneath Rod. And when there's a lull and no music, I can just hear him just bellowing. Yeah, they were talking about that today because Rod's like, can all the coaches and stuff hear everything I 100%. say? 100%. Yeah, so <laughs> you can tell him. Now we'll tell him. <laughs> every word, and you can hear And he's it. like, I guess I should be careful what I say. <laughs> I'm like, fantastic. ah, let it rip. I they love probably it. love it. Uh, so let's talk about the Wheat Kings for a sec. You got a little firsthand experience with the team. So, uh, you know, I've, I've looked at their stats today. I've watched a couple of their games working behind the scenes. Uh, it seems like Nolan Ritchie's having a great time. Oh, man. Lyndon McCallum, Ben McCartney. I think they were on a line to all three of them. Is yeah. That, and uh, ben, Braden Schneider's coming oh, back man. from the NHL. Basically should be playing. <laughs> pro right now and he looks like a monster out there so uh three two and one through six uh give us a little hub uh update with the wheaties it's been a little bit inconsistent but i think you can't be too critical these guys i mean you were an athlete imagine not throwing a baseball I for was a an athlete was i use that term loosely <laughs> was uh imagine not throwing a baseball for a year and then being asked to throw 90 mile an hour so can I tell you the story about that really quick? I, won't, I don't want to interrupt you, but last year I hadn't pitched in like two years. Uh, Chris Untriner, shout out, uh, says, hey, c- can you come pitch? We were really low. Like we're, we're struggling right now with guys. I had like 150 pitches first time in two years. <laughs> I was like, I don't think yeah. I can play so anymore. That Tommy John you guys were talking yeah, about? Yeah, one really? of those. I, give me one of those. <laughs> yeah. Find him on the, uh, yeah. on the SAS classifieds. I noticed they have uh, 20 goals, four and 20 against. So they're, yes. like you said, pretty inconsistent, inconsistent. up and down. Uh, What's what's the rest of the East Division looking like right now? Man, it's it's crazy. I think it's so close. Obviously, Swift Current's a young team, and and they got a great character win over PA the other night, yeah. snapping a 23 game losing streak. I know it was a big deal on the Rod Show. He wanted to ring the bell, but he couldn't. Yeah. Um. So certainly, Swift is is regroup is regrouping after their championship. They're still reeling a little bit, but every other team can win on any given night, and it's so weird without a championship mm. or a playoff of any sort. Like, yes, you're playing for development. Yes, you're playing to win. But at what cost? You know what I mean? Like, it's not a regular season where you're going to go down to two lines if you're down by one yeah. because your third and fourth line have 16, 17-year-olds that need to play. So it's yeah. an odd balancing act for the coaches. I think they're, they've are they got their hands full. I wouldn't want to be a coach right now trying to decide winning or development. Well, that's it. Th- so we talked to Mitch Love, uh, not on this show, but on Rod's, uh, a couple weeks before, you know, after it got announced. And the, he, Rod basically said, like, you know, you you have a team that's probably built to be pretty good right now. What's your what are you gonna do? Are you gonna play the young guys? He's like, we're playing to win. You that's know? the difference. So there's a couple <laughs> teams I think with that mentality. Like for the Pats, for example, they get 20 year old Roddy Ross in in net, but they have Brady Keeper coming up, who's, who's been, a 17 year old, great, who's been good. So do you give Roddy games? He's he he's got to get ready for the NHL too. Like he's a draft pick, so he's got to he's got to get games. But Keeper's your next guy. 
So do you put Keeper in? That's that's the debate that a lot of these teams are going through right now. I think, and here's a great example. So Brandon's lineup last night against Saskatoon was probably not the lineup people were expecting. There was a lot of youth in it. They took out a veteran D-man to put in a, a guy who had never played a game in the Western Hockey League. And a lot of people said, well, what's that all about? Well, yeah. I think there's a plan for some teams. They go into it and saying, you know what? No matter who the opponent, no matter the situation, these guys are going to play these games because we need them to play. Because they're our future. So whether it's a goaltending, the goaltender that starts and everyone thinks, what are they doing? They're, what, they're starting their backup. Well, it, it might be part of a grander plan. So I, that's my thought on it anyway. I think uh, Saskatoon last night was definitely playing to win against Brandon. I think they're playing to win every night. They've got a lot of young guys that haven't quite seen the ice as much as other teams' young guys. Right. Mitch Love, man. That, Mitch Love, that guy's, you can't, <laughs> That guy probably in like in backyard softball with his like his kids and their friends like he he's, he's hitting dingers. He's over the chucking fence. heat like, and he's yeah. He, there is no off switch. For he's hit, he's painting corners and he's crushing. <laughs> yeah. His yeah. seven year old you know, neighbor kid is taking heat high you know <laughs> under the chin. So they're playing to win and hey, good on them. I mean, winning yeah. is fun and when you're in the situation, honestly, I, I as a 16 year old being in this situation, it would be fun. It'd be the time of your life. But winning makes things more fun. If you're losing. Being stuck in a dorm room and going to the rink, it's not much fun, right? right. So yeah. winning helps, makes your morale better. Max, uh, let's bring you back in here, Max. You had another one for Brandon. Uh, I'll let you take it uh, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. So social media buzzing as it usually does, Brandon. And um, I'm very intrigued, obviously, by the uh, the recent post that came out with some alternate jerseys that the Wheaties are sporting this year. Um, do you have any sort of insight as to what went into the design of those? I absolutely love them. I would just have, like your take on. Are you talking uh, the, the third, the the all black ones, or the ones back with the Wheaties? The all black ones. Yeah, the all black ones. So, uh, f- from what I understand, so Brandon obviously went through an ownership change this year. Uh, a new owner, Jared Jacobson, a local businessman in Brandon, came in, bought the team. And this jersey was kind of his entrance, you know. So the other two jerseys that Brandon's wearing, they're white and they're black with the wheat. There's still some Kelly McCrimmon influence there. Uh, there's still some uh, old school Brandon Wheat King thought going into that. And this jersey was kind of Jared's, the new owner's way of saying, I'm going to put my spin on this. I- I'm going to do what I want. It's my team. I paid the money. I'm going to put this jersey out there that I am going to design myself and we're going to and we're going to make a splash. So, I had only seen it like in thumbnail pictures. I hadn't seen it in person. I love it. Like the the gold, you might not see it on TV, but in the rink, the gold fleck on the numbers and the jerseys, it's very Vegas like again, Kelly McCrimmon influence there. Weird. I wonder why there's a connection. Weird. But it like shimmers in the light. Like it is, but the whole idea was like stealth, quick, fast. Uh, dark, scary, from the shadows, kind of get you when you're not expecting it. That was kind of the mindset going into it. But I know it's the new owner's first real foray into, hey, this is my team. I'm going to do what I want. If you owned a hockey team, you'd be designing jerseys left, right, and center. I'd love you? that, yeah. That'd be the I'd, first absolutely. thing I'd be doing. NHL 21, I'd be jersey creating every day <laughs> and, like, taking Goalie pads and masks, yeah. too. That'd be all I'd be doing. No business model. Oh, just absolutely. great jerseys. Um I can't le- get, let you leave here without talking about Connor Bedard. Uh, oh, I know he's not on your team specifically, but you've seen him now at least once the in golden person. Child. Yeah. So I've seen uh, just the one or maybe two games of his uh, working in the background. But uh, to me, what I've been saying all along is like his shot mimics Austin Matthews. Yes. Like he's able to pull it in and do that like with from like by his feet shot, which is throws goalies off. I've noticed uh, it's quick. He's got speed. He's got some some ice vision. So what have you seen from Connor Bedard and whatever you've seen from him so far? Well, I've been to a handful of games not against Brandon. Um, yeah. And so I've seen him kind of at ISO, sitting in the lower bowl, which I don't get to do very often. And is it is it bad of me to say he's the best player here? 
Like, well, is that is that so outrageous thought of for no. me to say that? No, and, and I actually, I had a good chat with Rod about this. He, he asked me, uh, we were doing a show for Access, and he asked me, um, you know, do you think he's going to lead the team in scoring? And I was like, well, here's the deal. He went over to Sweden. He's been in, he was training yeah. in Sweden in the fall, and then he came back, and he's been working out with a junior A team in BC. So he's been working out, whereas I don't know how many of these guys are getting that type of... Well, unless they're in their NCAA women's gym in their basement and <laughs> right. lift, lifting Canadian tire dumbbells, like they... <laughs> They're not going to the gym fitness centers, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. So I was yeah. I was almost thinking he's probably a step ahead of everybody else coming into this thing at least. And you can tell he's got nine points in five games and they play in another 12 minutes. Man, so we'll see what happens he, tonight. Uh, it's Mace, like people are mad at Rod for like other media are mad at Rod for praising the golden child. He's not wrong. Yeah. Like everyone, like he's not wrong. Bedard, is, I've had buddies text me that Melford group chat I was talking about. They were texting me saying, what's this kid like? I said, you put Connor Bedard on that Melford championship team and there's nobody that can play with him. No. <laughs> and, you know, Riley Boomgarden, one of the D-men said, put him on with me. I'll get him the puck. And, you yeah. know, like they, they, they know, like just from watching, like this kid is special. And whether or not he leads the team in scoring or he scores 108 goals like Ray Ferraro did in a full season back with the Brandon Wheat Kings, yeah. whatever he may do, there should not be an empty seat inside that brand center as long as he is a pat and as long as you're allowed in the building. Yeah. But there shouldn't be an empty seat because fans here in Regina in 20 years when he's a NHL Hall of Famer are going to say, we got to watch him at 16. That, that's my thought. It may be outrageous. It may be you know, premature because he's only 15, but there, there's not many guys on the ice that can do what he's doing. I don't think you're far off, honestly. And I was uh, around Nolan Patrick right. at, at 18, 19 as well. Nolan Patrick made you famous. You were on TSN. Yeah, time. yeah Nolan I think Patrick, I texted you. Yeah, Nolan Patrick, uh, I got to go to the NHL draft, and uh, on at Wrigley Field, they did a media day. Oh, yeah. And just the way it worked out, I got to kind of be in the scrum, like scrum lurkers, behind Nolan with like 40 cameras on me and Nolan. It was yeah. literally just my head and Nolan's on like national TV. It was awful. I remember texting you that day that I think he had like a shootout goal or a breakaway goal or something to win a game. And your call was on the TSN highlight yep. of it. And I texted you. I'm like, Crozy, you're going to get famous because of Nolan Patrick. But uh, Bedard's better. But yeah, I'm well, just saying. Yeah. At that age, I mean, Nolan was older. Different types of players Different times. Yeah, but at, at 15... He's got the same amount of skill, if not more, than Nolan Patrick did at 18, 19. Right. So that's Crazy. just my opinion anyway. Now, that leads us into our next topic, and Max has some th questions about this okay. too, and then we'll let you go. But um, I don't want to go. This is fun. Well, you can stick around as long as you want. But uh, <laughs> one of our topics that we've been discussing on some of our other little live shows or whatever we do is uh, the CHL agreement with the NHL has been right. raising a big discussion point amongst GMs, coaches, scouts, et cetera. Uh, and a couple names come to mind, Braden Schneider, we met, or sorry, yeah, Braden Schneider. I don't know why I was going to say Brandon Schneider. Too many Brandons. Too many Brandons. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Krebs was another right. big one for the Winnipeg Ice. Um, among others, there's a few other guys, but they wanted, some people wanted them to stay in the AHL, but they're too young. They're 19. You can't do that under the current agreement. You have to be 20 to go to the AHL. Uh, and there's a, there's a feeling out there that maybe some of the hockey people, uh, want to change that so you're allowed to steal 19-year-olds. Right. Now, have you heard any talks from within, um, any rumblings about how people are feeling about this from the junior perspective? Right. So that was an interesting topic. I think Frank Cervelli put the first one out yes. at TSN. Yeah, we and read the article. We were referring to it yeah, over the weekend. And yeah. uh, I actually had a chance. I was talking to Dave Lowry, former weekend coach who's now an assistant with the Jets. I had a Zoom call with him earlier this week. And I asked him that question. I said, you're around the moose in Winnipeg. You see the Cole Perfettis and, and those right. types of guys. I said, what are your thoughts? You've been in junior and pro, and you played. 
So what are your thoughts? And he said to me that that is a terrible, terrible idea. Taking them out of Taking junior. Taking them out of junior. He said, the American League is getting younger, and it's not the jungle that it used to be, <laughs> you know, with the, the John Morastis and, and those types of guys running around. It's not what it used to be. But he was pretty adamant that if you take a guy out of junior at 18 and put him in the American League, is he really getting that much more than what he would? You're either the best player on your junior team or you're a middle-of-the-pack guy trying to figure it out in the American League. Yeah, what's what's better, 12 minutes well, exactly. at the American League or 22 and junior? Plus, people forget that junior hockey's a business, right? So if you're the Regina Pats and you've sold 4,800 season tickets with Connor Bedard's face on it, and he gets drafted by a team, and okay, yeah, he's going to get drafted, but let's say... He gets drafted to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they say, sorry, Regina, we're going to stick him in Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yeah, home of Dunder Mifflin. Yeah, home of Dunder Mifflin <laughs> and the Schrut Beet Farms. Yeah. What are you going to think as the Regina Pats business office? I mean, you're going to go and be furious. And I get it. People are like, oh, well, that's just the way it goes. But it's a business. And these junior teams will suffer if their best players, their most marketable players, the people that they're selling tickets to see are leaving early. I mean, we already see it here now in Brandon. If Brandon was playing at home, they lost Luca Burzan and Cole Reinhardt. There's 120 points or more between two guys that are playing in the American League. Luca has played almost maybe every other day in the American League. Right. Cole scored once in the 20 American year League. 20-year-old, right? 20-year-olds, right? So, so that's a little different. Yeah. But it's you look at a 20-year-old who's played all the way through, still goes to the American League, I get it. There's going to be exceptions and, and specialty players. Bedard might be one of them. He might never see a sniff of the American Hockey League, realistically. But... It's a business. People forget that. And I think if that were to happen, you might see some teams struggle because their best players are going to leave before they can sell a single ticket or jersey. Right. So I'll give you a, a real-world example of why the, how that affected me in my life. Uh, so Mem Cup year, You were an exceptional baseball player? No, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, I was uh, on the losing end of a couple of 20-year-olds. Now, this was 20-year-olds. So you said, like, Luca Burzan, for example. Right. He's allowed to go under the right. current agreement, and I don't think that'll change. Uh in the Mem Cup year back in 2018, 2017-18, Connor Hobbs and Austin Wagner were eligible to come back to the Regina Pats, and both their AHL teams decided they wanted to keep them there. Uh, we were expecting, well, this is maybe I shouldn't be saying this, I'm not sure, but we were expecting Austin Wagner to come back. So they were building their team around 100%. Wagner coming back because the Ontario Reign, which is the LA Kings American League team, uh, basically said like, yeah, we'll keep him around. We'll just kind of see how he's doing. Uh, but we'll, we're not sure when we're going to send him back yet. And then they never did. So they were waiting, waiting, waiting for him to come 100%. back. And then we had to make some trades to kind of adjust for that. And we turned out getting Jesse Gabriel and leave it at that. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Connor Hobbs, another one, like he would have been, he could have been the leading scorer in the league. He, he had, he coming off an 84 point year yeah. as a defenseman. That was uh, tough as nails. Do you remember him fighting oh, Baron Thompson? Yeah. Oh my God. Baron yes. Thompson to Brandon was like oh. seven foot four yeah. and was just a, a gorilla yeah, without on skates. skates on. Yeah. Just a, gor a gorilla on skates oh, that and they was fought funny. in center ice. Okay. Yeah. Connor I totally Hobbs, get what you're man. saying though. Like. But it's what business. I was sorry, the other side of that, sorry, let me just finish that. I forgot. But what I forgot what I was actually trying saying. But <laughs> if if the rule had changed and nineteen year olds were allowed to be plucked, Sam Steele might not have been there. Exactly. Uh, uh you know, who's the other couple of guys that were there that year? But you know, Sam Steele would have been Josh Mahura might not have been there. Uh guys like that when our team would have been ruined and we were hosting the Mem Cup that year. So like Which is a huge financial risk huge. that the Pats ownership group took on. It ultimately worked out, you know, the things, I mean, you didn't win, but you had a great event. Yeah. But if your team is built around guys that all of a sudden are going to disappear, 
And that's the thing. So, so this is an exceptional year, right, with the COVID and everything. So they bend the rules once, and everyone's like, oh, it's cool. Okay, yeah, but for the last 60 years, we've done it this way, and it's worked. So yeah. let's not get carried away here. Max had a, a point on that too, Max. I'll bring you back in here, and we'll let you just kind of cap that one off. Oh yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I guess just like you alluded to earlier, Brandon, it's it's a business, right? I'm just wondering, under the current agreement, I believe there is a financial component to keeping some of these kids that are eligible to return to junior, whether if it's sixty thousand dollars for an actual skater, seventy five thousand dollars for a goaltender. I'm wondering when they renegotiate this deal, if it is important to pro teams to keep these kids, uh, especially. I, I look at Anaheim as the most glaring example where they're able to keep eyes on uh, not Trevor Zegers, he's a college kid, but Jamie Dries who's right. eligible to return to Erie. What's better for his development? And is there a financial model that works to compensate the junior teams that is substantially increased from the one that they have now that it just makes sense for all sides to do it? That's got to be the only way. I mean, I, I don't know. What, is that, are those the actual numbers? I'm not even sure. Yeah, is, is it so 65 and 70? Yes. In the Sarah Valley article, that was what okay, the numbers so yeah, came I, out. I just so skimmed through that. If so, you're a 19-year-old and you, they keep you in the NHL, the team that he is on in junior receives a financial gain from that. Right, so... Of whatever yeah, money. Yeah, I is. think the only way that works is if it's completely stripped down and they rebuild it. I don't think they can just say, oh, this little Band-Aid that we pulled off during COVID, that's what we're going to stick with. I think there's so many sides to it between the, the PA, the player himself. Because, I mean, if you look at a 19-year-old right now, I mean, a lot of the, or even an 18-year-old that gets drafted, uh, you think a guy like Drysdale, yes, he wants to be in the NHL, but do you think he, if he has a choice between playing in the San Diego Gulls with a bunch of grown men that he doesn't know or playing with his junior team with all his buddies that he's been with forever and having one last kick at it, being with all the boys. You know, I, that was my comment to Rod this morning. The boys. Like, that's just a, it's a cliche thing. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of like that bar stool Saturdays for the boys thing. But, like, there's something about those relationships, right? So what's more important than to the player, too? And do they think of the player in this at all? Or do they care? Right? I know it's a business. I think if they're going to do it, they I think gotta, that's the million yeah, dollar question. They got to strip it right down and start from scratch. And if that means boosting those things to make it easier for a team to swallow, say say it's one fifty and two hundred, or you know if, it, if they maybe they make it based on first round, second round, third round status, maybe that's the case too. Yeah. But I think you got to strip it right down and start from scratch. And I think there's probably got to be some sort of limits on that. You can't just yeah. take every single nineteen year old. But out you can't you have want. the exceptional thing either because we've seen it happen with with Jaeger and with Bedard, and with Savoy the year before, and all of a sudden you open one can of worms, and here come the rest of them, yeah. right? So, again, with this, okay, we're going to make an exception for one guy, well, then four other guys are knocking on the door, right? So, you're right, there's got to be a limit, and you got to have, like, some rules and some things set in stone. You can't just free, free ball it, like, yeah. and just do whatever you want. Because then we're going to turn into a, a league where every 19-year-old who's your star players in, in the junior leagues are going to get plucked, and then they're not going to be but playing But that's going to have a trickle-down effect right down to, to midget. Because now your midget kids They're have to go up, up to the Western League yeah. and skip right over Junior A. And now your midget teams are 14, 15, and it's getting younger. And it just it literally trickles all the way down to, like, peewee, honestly. It gets a little messy. It, it's, it's a disaster. Uh, last one for you. Well, we might have two really quick ones, but thoughts on the NHL North right now. Love right. it. You love it. Love it. And I, I'm a, I have to say, I hate to say this, but I'm a Vegas Golden Knights fan. That's and not, I, and I have to, because yeah. for the longest time, the guy that, you know, ran my job was the GM, right? So I, yeah, Well, if you continue that, you might get a job down there because there's like 20 guys from Brandon that work down there. It's, uh, there's a bit of a pipeline there, <laughs> I will pipeline. admit. Yeah. Um, but certainly, uh, I'm a Vegas fan. I watch every Vegas game. My wife uh, and I both worked for the Verdon Oil Capitals uh, where we had Zach Whitecloud as a player there. I oh, actually, yeah, right. 
Zach Whitecloud's demo tape that got sent to Bemidji was my terrible, terrible Adobe After Effects nice. video. So yeah. anyway, we have a soft spot for Zach. He's a, he's a longtime friend of ours, so we watch every Vegas game. But aside from that, the NHL North, I love the Battle of Alberta. I love the chippiness that Ottawa brings, despite the fact that they're not any good. And I like Winnipeg. Obviously, I've been a Winnipeg fan my whole life as well. Uh, I think it's fun. I don't like that that's all they play against. You know, I like to see the extras. So if they are going to keep the division, great. But open just, it up. Just open it up a little bit. Let so them go around. So we, we asked um, Paul Hendrick that the other day. Uh, we was on the Rod Peterson show, and we asked Paul, Henny tweets that one. And, <laughs> and he said, you know, it's great, but is it realistic for Vancouver to travel to Toronto six times a year or whatever the number happens right. to be? So that's the argument that, you know, the geogra geography of the country is, would make it hard to have interdivisional play too much. But maybe maybe you go back to the old divisions, but you increase the Canadian teams playing against each other yeah. or something. It is kind of cool, though. It's compelling. On a, yeah. on it's, a Saturday night, you know, it was so rare to ever see Toronto and Edmonton. Like, who yeah. doesn't want to see Matthews and McDavid play three, yeah. four, five times a year? I, I do. Yeah. I think so, I think so. I think you're right on that. It does one. get a little boring. I will admit, if you don't have the center ice package and all you get is the Canadian games, I can see how it gets a little something vanilla. Yeah, because you, for me, Vegas games on TV are arguably the best production value of any NHL individual broadcast. And yeah. I'm not just saying that because I'm friends with Darren Millard and Gary Lawless and those guys, but their production value in Vegas is very Vegas-like. It's not like it is on TSN with Winnipeg, which is, again, pretty vanilla and pretty mainstream. So yeah. it'd be nice to see them mix it up a little bit. But. Yeah. Max, did you want to wrap it up with the last one? Sure. Crazy not to. And Brandon, this obviously jumped out at me with uh, the hat I'm adorning, but your Twitter oh, yes. profile oh. picture uh, oh, yeah. with Brooks Bratton. Brooks Bratton. Uh, what's the story behind that? Uh, Brooks. Okay. So my wife played Division One women's hockey at, uh, that's what it at is. Robert Morris University. Okay. Uh, so she played gotcha. four years there at Robert Morris, and that's where he went. Uh, and they became friends. I think they might have been roommates at one point. I'm not even sure. But uh, her and Brooks have been friends for years. And uh, Brooks comes up to our place. Uh, we live on a farm just north of Verdon. Uh, he comes up all the time. Uh, every time Winnipeg or Nashville plays in Winnipeg, we go in. Uh, we always go out for dinner with them. Uh, I've actually become, it's become a tradition. We go out to the Elephant Castle in downtown Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. And it's usually Brooks. And then it turns into like Hal Gill and Pete Weber and like Wally Donjic, the TV guy. And right. like it becomes this whole thing, right? If so, Max was here right now, he'd literally be <laughs> yeah, I was gonna shivering. Say, it sounds like my dream dinner. <laughs> and so it is so I'm shivering cool. for other reasons right now. But. Right, uh, yeah, I guess. And Brooks is just a total beauty. He's helped me a lot in my career. You know, I, he's, uh, he's a guy, you know, I've counted on, sent him demo reels and things. He, you know, he's uh, got helped me get podcast guests on the Week Kings team podcast. And uh, yeah, we've fed, I've got a... We've got a good working relationship with Pete Weber, who's one of the best radio guys uh, in the National Hockey League. And so uh, we are Vegas fans in our house, but when push comes to shove, my wife flies the Predators flag uh, pretty heavily. because You've got the right colors. Yeah, you so got you got the colors the locked gold, down. The gold, the yellow. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so Brooks is a good guy, and uh, that was actually taken at the NHL draft in Chicago. Uh, we went down there. My wife said uh, she wasn't allowed to come on the trip. Well, she could have if she wanted, but she said, I'll, I'm okay with it as long as you and Brooks take a nice photo with a cool backdrop. So it's been my Twitter <laughs> picture ever since. Fantastic. So. There you go. Good, well, good. Crozy, thanks for coming in. I'm going to let you get going to the Pats game because I know you oh, want to yeah, watch the right. Pats. They're your favorite team, right? Yeah. Thanks a ton, Bedard. Yeah. <laughs> he's the wonder child, the it's savior. Be amazing. <laughs> Text us and let us know how he's doing. Yeah, but uh, thanks for coming in. This was amazing. This was fun. Totally fun.
Uh, maybe we'll have you on again before you take off. When's right. the last? When does this go till? Uh, I will be in the city until April 28th. So I got another month and a half. All right. Well, here, you're so. coming back. So. Yeah. You know where to find me. All right. Floor of the residence in. Yeah, there he is. Don't give away too much. Uh, yeah. I don't want to dox you here today. Yeah, it's a scary area. <laughs> but anyways, we'll be right back after the break. We got a new segment with our guy Andrew Gottsley coming up from Hoop Life. Don't go away. Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Comfort has always been something we, as people, strive for. It means that the places we live and work, and that the people we care most about, are able to go about their lives focusing on the things that matter. While the world seems to be facing one challenge after another, our focus at FlameTech has remained the same for more than 20 years. Now more than ever, we need each other to support our local businesses. As an industry leader in combustion services, we are proud to attend to the needs of our communities and support the local economy. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Everyday Hoop Life. Services Company, LED, LED Sign Rentals, Video, Video Production, Event, Event Management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website, IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. We're back. We got another special guest here in the bunker tonight. Uh, we're bringing in our good buddy. He's been here before. You know him. You, you know him well. Andrew Godslick from Hoop Life Basketball. How you doing? Good, another That's great good. piece of Hoop Life merchandise. Yeah, we got to get some Hoop Life merch. We're Max is like pining over all your stuff. <laughs> uh, we can can we bring in Max for a first the first little bit here, guys, from the on the three way? I'll let you guys figure. There he is, Max. Uh, hey, guy, good to see you. Did you? Is your? Are you on there, Max? Am I on in in mental or physical abilities? I'm struggling <laughs> no, I'm sorry. a little right now. <laughs> your uh, your mic got cut off there for a sec, so I'm thinking it was just a speaker thing. But uh, anyways, we got we got Andrew here, Max. So we're gonna get into our new uh, segment. Do you want to kind of hype it up a little bit? Fantastic! Oh, Absolutely. Oh yeah, put your headphones. Hold on, up, Max. Hold on, Max. Hold on. We got you. Now he's gonna be able to hear you. There we go. Let's go. All oh, right, fantastic. hype up hype up the Look new segment. 
Absolutely. Well, we got together with the boys at Hoop Life here, Andrew, Habib, fantastic people to work with. And we said, hey, it's about time this program gets a little bit more hoops involved in, in the rotation. So we came up with something called, drum roll please, da -da -da -da, the corner three. So uh, as far as basketball terminology goes, every uh, every diehard hoops guy and, and gal knows that uh, that's definitely one of the nuances of the game. And like I said, we're really excited to introduce uh, some fun topics here. If we can get that scaled down, fantastic fellas. Jeez, if Alan's running it, he's doing a heck of a job tonight. Good stuff. Well, let's give Alan um, all the credit because yeah, Jordan three. doesn't like getting any credit. Uh, but <laughs> um, Well, Jordan's doing good stuff as well. So, Max, I'll take over here now. I'll let the guys figure out in the back. Let's put Andrew in the bottom corner so we can get it going here. Absolutely. But the big news of the day is that LeBron James is out with a high ankle sprain. And what does this do for the impact on his team, but the league in general? Uh, at first at first glance, it's yeah, we're pissed, right? We're like, damn, what's happening, right? Yeah. Um, it's all good. Uh, I think I think he's going to be back in three weeks. Uh, from 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 everything I've read and and looked into, and you know my personal calls with LeBron, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just pulling up the standings. Keep talking. <laughs> no, all, all all the stuff all the stuff I've read and looked into. I mean, it sounds like he's gonna try. It, it, it's a month. He's gonna try to come back sooner. It's not two months. He's gonna try to make it a month. It's he's out. He's out four weeks, but he's gonna try to make a push sooner. Uh, we're fine. The only downside is this is gonna cost him his fifth MVP. Probably right. if he misses four weeks, that's, that's it's it's tough to get those votes, and I think uh, I think that's a tough part. But honestly, I'm not concerned. Uh, the 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 only downside here, in my opinion, is he loses his fifth MVP. Yeah. Uh, but um, we're, we're in great we're in a great position. I think that, he'd take that, a ring. that man will be ready. He will take I a ring. I think he'd take a ring over and, MVP. And that man will be ready come the first round. It doesn't matter if we're in the eighth seed. We got to do a play-in game. We're in seventh seed, got to do play in game. Doesn't matter. Right now, they're they're tied for the second in the West with the Clippers and the Suns. Uh, now the losses are different, so the Suns are actually up right now. But uh, the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, See, that's, that's going right to be the, that's going to be the tough part, and th and that's what I'm concerned about is can we hold on to those? Because if we place one through six, it doesn't matter. We don't want to get in a position where we're in a play in game. Because if we're in a play in game. And that we don't want to be there. That's right. that. There's too much. So risk explain involved. the playing game. Are they doing like seven versus ten, eight versus nine? Ex exactly. So I mean, if you're if you're in in seats seven through ten, then it, you're you're in that no like a safe wild zone. Card, exactly. Much. So the only safe zone you're in is if you're one through six. Okay. So that's what we need. Hot take though, I don't think AD is hurt. Ooh. I don't think resting? I don't think AD's Whoa. hurt, and I don't think KD is hurt. I think that both of them were hurt. But they were such minor injuries, and now they're stretching it on. And why would they? And now I think AD was 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 gonna make a push to come back. But why would he come back now? So he can carry the load on him and get injured again. Yeah. So, so you're saying I don't know. Keep them both out until they're both ready, and then the monsters come out. Maybe maybe <laughs> we could, we could bring AD back a little bit before. But he's fragile. That's that's yeah. the game we get in. He's never played a season where he hasn't hurt. Right. So we accept that and we know it. But he's just got to be there for the playoffs. So. Uh, what does this mean for the Lakers now going into the deadline? Like, I know there's all these buyouts happening right now and the deadline, the trade deadline's there too, but it, I always seem like it always seems like the buyouts are more important than the trade deadline. True. So, this is the best, in my opinion, the best situation for my Lakers is to trade away, trade away everyone except Dennis Schroeder and get Bradley Beal. Just figure it out. Right. I know we have no picks, so it probably won't happen, but. If there's a way we can make it happen, do it and, and figure the rest out later. Uh, we we got to take Brooklyn's approach because Brooklyn, 
so we'll get into the nets after but yeah i got the, that's that's coming up yeah we'll, we'll get into it after but we got it we got to take their approach of what they did with with that that insurance policy that we'll get into with harden and and i think that we getting getting a beal would be would be great because it, it's it's going to be tough I mean, the Nets stacked their entire team to beat a 36-year-old man, <laughs> right? So, I mean, like, yeah. it's going to be tough to, to, to beat them. Uh, so, in my opinion, if I'm the Lakers, we, n- number one, just figure it out, get Bradley Beal. I doubt it'll happen because it's really tough to make it happen. I don't think we have enough juice. So, if we can't do that, then buy out Andre Drummond, get him, get him in the purple and gold. That's, yeah. that's what we got to do. And that's an, easy, that's an easy move. So right now, like they're starting. Who? Damian Jones would be their starting center. Is you? I guess. Uh, so uh, adding a big guy like that would be pretty. It would, sick. It would be. It would be good. And we could. We could. We could. Uh, and that's exactly it. We buy out Drummond and we get him there. And, and Drummond. Drummond's fantastic. So right. he would be a good. He'd be a good big guy. Max, you want to take the next one? I just want to get Max involved. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> try and try and keep me in the mix, anyways. Yeah. Keep um, you loose. I apologize. I put the. I put the graphic together. I'm struggling with my mental capacities, though. What do we have for number two on on the corner tonight? Uh, let's put it up on the screen here, guys. You can cover up Andrew for a sec. Thank you, it's kindly coming. gentlemen. I apologize, <laughs> but yeah. So again, we we talk about it, to, and Clark alluded to it earlier. The trade deadline, uh, coast to coast across the entire league. What what are some of the craziest outcomes that you could possibly see? Obviously, for your Lakers, is is the one that you're watching most closely. But uh, across the entire league, we've heard some Kyle Lowry trade rumors, which hits close to home for a lot of Raps fans. Uh, what other uh, noise waves are being made around the league right now ahead of Thursday's deadline? Yeah. So okay. So here's my opinion on the trade deadline. It's exciting. The NBA is the greatest, the greatest drama for sports guys. It's, it's the greatest drama. There's, there's, there's so much drama in it. The trade deadline is exciting because a lot of pieces are moving around. But like, right. if we historically look back the last 25 years, no trade has ever swayed a team or swayed the standings in a really massive way. It has happened, but it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. An example where that could have happened would have been like if AD got back when AD was on the Pelicans, if he could have got traded to the Lakers, maybe that would have, you know, upped their chances to make the playoffs. And then, and then who knows what would have happened. Yeah, absolutely. But I think too much is made out of the trade deadline, but it is, it is, it is, it is fun to talk about, but I will start with that. Now, where people are going to go. We talked about the Lakers. Uh, I think let's talk about our Raptors. I think I'm disappointed I think that Nick Nurse, I don't, I don't know if, if, if I was a Nick Nurse believer, but I, I'm on the player, I'm on Pascal's side every time. So for those, for those that don't know, Pascal, Nick Nurse got in the old yelling match. They find Pascal 50 grand. Right. And um, I'm on, I'm with, I'm, I'm going to roll with Pascal on this. I think that. Uh, we, did it we've come lost, out what it was about, what the n- argument was about? Unfortunately not. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not sure, but, but. They've lost. The Raptors have lost nine games in a row. Yeah, Nick, Nick Nurse here. is going to have to take his double N special Nike hat and put put nine L's because because <laughs> he's he's he's. I mean, you got to come back on the coach at some point. I mean, you got the you got there's some decent ball players too that we yeah. haven't in, in Toronto. Like we're not going to make the playoffs. Maybe but we we should make the playoffs because we have a decent squad. But um, but I don't know what the hell is going on. But what's going to happen is Nor- like Norman Powell will be gone. Uh, he's He's in the last year of his contract. Right. There's, there's no way he's going to resign if they keep him. And the last however many games, he's balling out of his mind. He's averaging like 25 points a game. So he's gone. And a lot of teams want Lowry that are close to, to like, like Philly and Miami are the two big ones that want Lowry because they're so close to that championship, yeah. especially Philly. Philly's they, right there. They, they're at the top they, of the East. Yeah. And, and Lowry and Ben Simmons, they'll work great. They'll figure it out in the backcourt. So 
Um, I would see the Raptors look for Lowry and Norman Powell. That they're, they're going to be traded probably tomorrow or Thursday, maybe. Uh, but watch for those two. That that'll that that's my guess there. Um, there the, Victor Oladipo potentially. He he doesn't want to he, he he doesn't want to be at Houston. So Houston, wa- watch right? for yeah. him to maybe go to Miami, maybe Golden State. I think that. Uh, I think he's really good, but he, he needs the right motivation. Needs to be on a contender to to fit. Um, Aaron Gordon's gonna make a. You watch the Celtics are gonna probably try to snag him from Orlando because Aaron Gordon requested a trade. Okay. Aaron Gordon, for those who don't know, is, is our, our man that was snubbed out of the slam dunk contest yeah, two years in a row. Why? <laughs> it's like, Dwayne Wade's on. fault, right? What did he do? What did he do? What well, in the slam dunk contest, I mean, when they went back and forth that historical year with yeah. Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, like whatever, Zach Levine's an incredible dunker, so right. he got it. But he probably should have had it. He, he, that could have gone either way. But then the next year. Um, who beat him? Some someone on the uh, heat, I know heat the player. name. Yeah, um, Heat player. Yeah. Anyways, he beat him. That was that. That was where they had that 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 meme with Dwayne Wade where he where he voted and he was like kind of squinting and everyone got right. on Dwayne Wade for giving him a nine. No, well, no Aaron we're talking Gordon about was, Aaron Gordon. Who who beat Aaron Gordon? De- Derek. There you go. There we go. Derek Jones. Derek Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Derek Jones. Yeah. So, anyways, that's 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 some of the so, high level stuff. I, I think. One of the things me and Max talked about with the Raptors. Let's say they trade Kyle Lowry and Norm Powell. Sure. Is are they a team that you know? I know you're not a huge Raptors guy, so you don't have to go too deep I'm, on this. I'm but a Raptors fan. I'm a Raptors fan. Okay. I'm, I'm a LeBron fan. Say and that I'm without say that fan. without smiling. <laughs> I am a Toronto Raptors fan. Perfect. You nailed it. Uh, but they're a team like they have. You said it. You said it yourself. They have pieces. They got Van Vliet, Siakam, et cetera, et cetera. If they traded a guy like Lowry and got realistically probably three, four pieces for him, Powell, you maybe get one or two guys or picks or whatever. Are they a team that can like reload and be good next year? That's tough, but I want to say yes because I think Messiah Juries is really smart and he can scout out that young talent. Like all of our players, we've, with the exception of of Kwai, we've we've bred from inside. So I think that Masai knows what to do, and and, yeah. and we like you got to trust the guy. He was he was GM of the year when he was with the Nuggets. We got a championship. Um, I think that. It's a possibility, but it's going to be tough. It is tough too because not a lot of not a lot of uh, players want to come to Canada and play. Right. We will find that though, and you know I missed too with the tri- with the trades. I think one of the biggest trades that 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 should happen is Lonzo should 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 either be on. I, I think the Clippers should snag him while they can. Okay. The, the Clippers like quiet has been bitching for a long time that he needs. That he needs help and he needs a point guard, and it's true, right? They they need they need some help because Kawhi is no LeBron. He he needs some help to help facilitate it. Even though yeah. Paul George and Kawhi both find their find their shot off their own dribble, um, I think that Lonzo Ball is the missing piece there. He's shot he's almost shot forty percent from the three this year. He's having a great season, which is a big improvement, right? Because he, early in his career, huge. one of his things was that that he wasn't shooting very huge. well. Huge. I think I think Lamelo coming in put a fire under his ass to to like let's 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 show some more because everyone always says he's not aggressive enough this year he's played great so the clippers should get him okay. the, if the clippers mess that up then they're they're there but i mean the clippers have been trying to tell us they're a championship c- contender and so i mean like this is the last line if you right. like if once you get him if you can't win y'all suck yeah yeah absolutely so that we that brings us to our next one speaking of not sucking the nets 
Taka, I think number three. Can you put up the graphic again, guys, just to wrap up this segment? Uh, number three was the Nets are cooking up everyone despite the absence of Kevin Durant. So KD's not there, and they're still wrecking teams. So All talk right. about the Nets. All right, how do we do this? Yeah, where do you start? Where do we start? So here's the deal, all right? Uh, so if you were to take the top, you know, two of the top uh, contestants from The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, the show my wife Ooh, watches. And good I, reference I, I, already. I, I like where this is going. I might watch it with her, though. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Only sometimes. Uh, if you take two contestants <laughs> off there, you take their personalities, all that drama the show puts, and you throw that in, you sprinkle it over Katie and Kyrie, that's what you got. So the Nets knew that. They're not dumb. So they said, okay, we need, we need an insurance policy. You know how good it feels when you go, get your, you go get your benefits at work, right? You get your, I got some orthotics in my shoes. Nice. I, 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 uh, I had a back injury, so I, I went and got some massages. And what happens? I got, we got great benefits for our team at Hoop Life and Citrus. So what happens? I go get my $300 orthotics, and I get a nice transfer in my bank for $250. Yeah. And the Nets right now, have made their insurance policy, and James Harden, damn it, if you don't give the MVP to LeBron, then give it to Harden because he's the damn MVP. He's yeah. come and he's been the glue. If I had a bottle of crazy glue, that's what I would compare him to. He's the glue. I think how I'm not a fan of the Nets, obviously, but tip your hat to him because he's the glue for that organization. And they, they even got another insurance policy with Blake Griffin. Say, Blake Griffin. Yeah, and Blake Griffin. Say, what's, the, what's the analogy <laughs> well, I mean, for that, Andrew? I'd really like a nice analogy for that one. Too. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Blake Griffin was waiting. You know, here's, here's a bad example that I heard someone say. Now, I've been with my wife now for 10 years and I love her. I heard one of my single friends say this and I was like, man, don't say that. He said, sometimes you stick with a girl you don't give your best because you're waiting to trade up to another girl. And this is exactly what Blake Griffin did. This man didn't dunk for two years almost. Right. For the, he was for the Pistons. He didn't dunk for two years. And his first bucket as a net was a dunk. Yeah. So this is he was <laughs> he was whipping out the flowers. He was getting he was getting all the new things for the new girl, right? So, so sometimes it's the grass is green. That's, that's water, a fantastic Max, analogy. I would love to get Andrew onto some sort of podcast with Brian Snow and just hear them like oh, battle yeah. it out over James Harden because Brian Snow has been on the show a couple times. And, hey, and James Harden. And, and I, I know that you said you're yeah. not a huge Nets fan necessarily, but um, man, no. that would be. A, I think we're, we just found a million dollar idea: Andrew versus Snowman. Um, but let's get into March Madness. Uh, yeah. The upset invitational. Everybody's losing right now. Uh, I don't think a single bracket's left standing. So what can you make of all these upsets that we've seen at the tournament it's, this year? It's it's this is a year we've never seen. It's all it's it's obvious. Like because of COVID, and, and I have to admit, I'm a I'm a diehard Duke fan. So for Duke not to be in it, it's 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 it's, it's weird. It's disheartening, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, they haven't like I was born in '94. I don't. I think the last time Duke missed was '94. So, mm. uh, COVID obviously threw a the 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 seating is all messed up. There's random ass teams that are that are that are beating high ranked teams, but it's only because there's some teams that had heart. They had uh, two, three, four teams they played all year, and so the seating is is messed up. And so it's fun though because because of that we're seeing so it, you don't know who you're gonna play. Right. So you could be playing a 14 seed, but but we don't know. So. Um, I mean, I think Gonzaga is going to win. I think that that number one seed is legit, and uh, and and yeah, uh, Jalen Suggs is is 
a baller. He's he is so so gifted and 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 uh, I love watching him play. So my my take is Gonzaga wins. The Cinderella team, three years running, Loyola, Chicago. Yeah, what the heck, man? Right, we we have <laughs> right, we have we have we have uh, that lady, Sister Jean. She is a hundred years old, and she is uh, she is that good luck charm. So so all the memes said you don't bet on nuns on Sundays, right. and that's when they beat Illinois. So oh. that's who our that's that's who that's who we have as our as our Cinderella team. Yeah, three I, I, years running. I'm not going to go against them. No. So uh, what about Oral Roberts? See, <laughs> dude, I don't know. I, I, when I first heard it, I, Habib, Habib mentioned to me, he said, Oral, Oral Robert just, just, just upset. And I said, bro, what, what, why you got, you going to the dentist this afternoon? What the <laughs> yeah. hell are you talking about? Right. <laughs> New tooth so, sure. I said, yeah, they, they better not be, be playing mouth head, man. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? So yeah. anyways, I, good. It's crazy. This yeah. is what I mean. It's, it's the greatest, it's the greatest tournament that, that we have. So it's like, I love, I, it I, lo I love, yeah, love watching it. And like, we're going to see, but I bet you Gonzaga is going to, going to win. And um, still not a fan of the NCAA. Yeah. Well, overall, we'll get yeah. into that another show, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, my bracket is still all right. I have Michigan winning it all, and that's my only hope, Chad. Isaac says. Dude. Uh, he said he has Villanova over Gonzaga. That's who they play next. Chad, thinks. my bracket is the worst bracket I've ever made. I picked Illinois to win. They lost uh, They lost in right away to Loyola. So I was like, well, whatever. I'm done. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, now, Chad's saying our TikTok's not lined up right, but you're okay. You're in there. Say hi to TikTok, Andrew. Um, we're going to... Uh, Jordan, can you put Andrew in the bottom left corner? Because we have a little game to play. So is, are you able to switch that around a little bit? I'll give you a sec. Yeah, I'll give you a sec. But if you put uh, me in the top left, Andrew bottom left, and then we're going to put some graphics in the big TV. Max can bugger off for a sec. But we're going to play a little game of logo association. So Max put this together. So this is going to be one of those things where we're going to put an old logo up. Uh, some of them are old. Some of them are, haven't changed. But what we want you to do is first player that comes to your mind. So we're going to – you're ready to go? All right. So let's bring up the first one. Now, the first one, I believe, is the old Raptors, I believe. So, Alan, if you want to put that one up. So when you see this one – now, I'm thinking original Raptors, right? Vince Carter. Vince Carter. Every time. And I got Vince Carter on the wall and, behind me. And this logo, I had a hoop as a kid. Oh, I think in, everybody did. In, yeah. <laughs> in my, with this logo on yeah. it. As, did you have the same one? I think one? I might have had the same one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two things. Yeah. Yeah. Walmart Max is saying special, it's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> there you Let's go. go Max. Uh, yeah. So I'm pretty sure I, I was, I was going to say someone like a Damon Stoudemire, but I think that was even an older logo than this one. Um, you know, those types of guys come to mind. Max, you can say it out loud. Who, who, who comes to mind for you with this one? Oh, uh, thanks, Jordan. VC15, absolutely. Vinsanity. I'm with Andrew on that. But you know what? I, I think I really started paying attention to the Raptors when Chris Bosch was there. Uh, and that that is another name that sticks out to me when I see this logo. And then his time was also kind of in the transition period when they had the claw and the basketball on the bottom. Right. Um, but either way, Chris Bosch comes to mind as the transition into the new new regime for the Raptors. So, Charles Oakley, another guy who was in on the Raptors, I think, around this time. Um Tracy, Tracy McGrady, McGrady for yeah, those types of guys. <laughs> See, if Team Hack VC could have made it work, man, they that been, did. Um, that would have been special. They did a documentary on that Raptors team, that era of Raptors, where they had. Um, oh, I think man, I saw that. I, I can't remember who all was on the team, but it was like four unbelievable players. If they would have just stayed. It would have been so yeah. crazy, even with VC. But yeah, that's that's Vince, honestly that would have had that, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Chris Bosh, and there was like two or three other guys that they were kind of around there at the same time. My gosh, uh, let's put up the next one here, Alan, if you don't mind. Now this one should be easier for you, but we're talking Lakers, not current Lakers. We're talking Lakers. 
Th- this this reminds me the first time I saw the the Magic Johnson Larry Bird documentary. That's what I think of. When okay. I think of this. I think of I, like I think it. of I think of Magic. All those highlights of the Showtime Lakers. Right. That's what I think of instantly when I see this. The Showtime oh, Lakers yeah. was. It, it, I, I wish I could have seen that live because right. that was that was when basketball really became alive. Yeah. That's what I think of. Kobe Bryant comes to mind, obviously. Uh, Max, what about you? Uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, that was a great pick, Andrew. Uh, no kidding. Uh, Shaq always stands out for me. I don't know. He's he's a larger than life personality, and uh, it was just those those Lakers years where him and Kobe were together. Man, it was something special to watch. So um, we got a couple yeah, commenters that, that coming and, in here too. Uh, Vince Carter for the yeah, Raptors. Junkyard Dog Baylor, who passed away. Oh, Elgin Baylor, absolutely. Junkyard dog yeah. for the Raptors. I didn't even think of that, but man, he was awesome. Yeah, uh, wow. Magic, Kobe, people are saying, so that's great. Uh, let's put up the next one here, guys. we got a few more here for our... Now, this one. Now, this one's interesting. you got to think about this one. This is what I think of. First thing in my mind, I think of Monte Ellis oh. when he would come out when he'd come out as a warrior and he Monte Ellis had this game time. So before Steph Curry, Monte Ellis was the man the in, fa- in fantasy. I picked him. He, 40 he, points a game. He, he was, he was, he was, he was a beast. And so, um, and, and it's crazy because when they, when, so Monte Ellis was the star of the warriors. And then when they switched to, to say, that's it, Steph's our guy. We're going to pursue him. People thought they were crazy, but here's what I think of when I think of this Monte Ellis, YouTube, if you haven't seen this, Monte Ellis used to have this routine where he would dip his hands in this like clay type stuff. And he did it before a game to like heat his hands up Yeah, and he'd come out and he'd come out and he'd, he'd be tearing it off his hands and he'd go, you ever seen that? No, I have to yeah. watch it. Yeah. It's crazy. Send I don't know. If he, I don't after. Know, yeah. I don't, know if he, I don't know if he did it every game. That's, that's what I think of. Cause I always, I always just associate that logo with Monte Ellis. That's, that's Curry's the only one I can think of till now, Chad Isaac says. Mine, Jason Richardson, dunk contest champion. Mm. He played there for a few years. 100%. Uh, he's a Michigan guy. I actually just saw he was on Better With Age with Charleston Hughes, uh, one of another shows out of the studio. Uh, they had Jason Richardson on randomly, and I was like, oh, I got to watch this. So that's pretty yeah. cool. I might Let's have go. to see if I can tap into that contact information. Uh, but uh, Max, what about you? I had Baron Davis. That was That was a name that stuck out to me. Yeah, for uh, for the yeah. old Golden State logo. Yeah, absolutely. That's another good one too. Let's go with our next one. We got two more left. This one's going to be interesting. I'm, I, I have a feeling I know where this is going, but what do you think? So I, Phoenix is a special place in my heart because out of I've gone to the only NBA games I've been to, except I've seen one Clippers game in LA. Yeah, I've I've been to probably eight Phoenix games in in my life because my, my grandparents. I have a place down there. So as, as a kid, we'd as, as live in Saskatchewan. You got to know somebody everyone, who has a place yes. down there. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we would, we would be there as, 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 as kids every winter. Right. And so I think of Steve Nash. I think of, I think of Steve Nash. I think of Shaq. I think of Matt Barnes. I think of being in that, at Phoenix arena and, and hearing when Matt Barnes would hit a free throw, it would, it'd have the, the road runner, the road oh, yeah. runner thing. Cause you, cause you obviously like so fast yeah. or whatever, but that's what I think. Of. Sean Marion comes to Sean mind. Marion. Amari Stoudemire comes yes, to mind. Yeah. hundred percent. Man, they were good for a you while. You know what's crazy? <laughs> I got, I got up close. If, if, if you ever want to get up close to the players and I'm, I'm only speaking from, because I've only been in two NBA arenas, but I've had incredible success getting autographs in the Phoenix Arena. Okay, um, good to know. We've had I had two Kyle Lowry jerseys that that I got him signed. Yeah, it was it was great. It was Amari Stoudemire. There was another one. That, my that, uh, my brother lives down there, so I think I'm gonna have to take you up on that advice. Max, who do you got for Phoenix? 
Uh, you guys hit it. It was Steve Nash and uh, Amari Stoudemire for me. Yeah, absolutely. So last one. This one might throw you off a little bit, Andrew, but we got one more for you. The Saskatchewan <laughs> Rattlers. Who comes to mind when you think of the Rattlers? There's been they've been they've had some turnover there lately. You know what? So we we were we were with the Rattlers. Uh, we were with the Rattlers on Thursday. Our whole our whole hoop life team. Oh, nice. And, um, we spent the afternoon with them, and man, I I, th- I instantly think of the front office because I have I have so much respect for Brad and Raul in in the front office, which we all know Ra- love those guys, love love those guys, yeah. But no, so much respect for the front office because because I know that there's a star- star- chime in, by the way, <laughs> start- Nash. starting a team is starting a league is so difficult. So we've we've been able to create some amazing relationships, like Alex Campbell, uh, the the captain, the the year number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Incredible guy. I think of him, and I think of the the just the 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 level of play that guy plays at, and the character he has. He's he's an incredible dude, and I'm excited this year to see like we were, we were there and, and and chatting with some of those some of the names that that um that that the Rattlers you know are are, are going to be signing and have signed. Yeah, it is going to be. I was going to say, did you see their signing today? Yeah. The, yes, the CEBL man. It's 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 the talent is going is 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 getting better and better and better and this year will be the best ever. So we gotta we gotta hope that we can be inside that arena. Yeah. We got our we got our. I gotta our, go to a game. We you're gonna you and Max are gonna come with us. Yeah, we, we gotta have go. Six six courtside seats. Okay, we're going right <laughs> under the hoop. Max, make plans. Sold. Clear your schedule. Completely <laughs> we'll be there. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah. So they just signed today the leading the all time leading three point scorer from USC. The University of Southern California. For those who don't know, is, is, uh, is that is that good? Is, is I that think good? it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The oh, okay. Pac-12. Sounds yeah, good. pretty I just good. Wanted, yeah. I just wanted to check. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, he gets uh, some time. Kai Williams comes to mind for me. Regina kid. Definitely. Uh, he went to my high school, and he was in grade twelve when I was in grade nine. So, like, for me going into grade nine, Kai Williams was like the stud of the school, right? Like, yeah, definitely. Everybody looked up to him, so that was pretty cool. But. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in. Uh, we're gonna have to hit up Raul. We'll get some special treatment that night, and uh, I think we're gonna have some good times. Definitely. Let's, let's open up the arenas, please. <laughs> uh, so, what's going on at Hoop Life right now? You just said you're working with some people. I know you have an announcement. I don't know if we're ready yet for that. We're close, but we're close. We're what's <laughs> going on in general at Hoop Life right now? We're close. Well, right right now, our team. The frustrating part is not being able to 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 conduct our training. So right now our team is, it may not seem like a lot, but our, our team, like we, we've set a studio up for, for all of our, our online sessions and our team, we basically have training every, every day in the week. So there's, uh, there's online training and it's, it's, uh, we will be back in the gym very soon. And, uh, we have a special announcement that's coming. That's, that's going to be, uh, pretty, pretty incredible. Or what do you think? Cause you're going to be on another three three weeks. weeks or so, right? What do you, what do if you not, if not next time, if not in three weeks, in the next couple of, if not three weeks, six weeks. All right. So Mark your it'll, calendars. It'll come. But <laughs> no, with hoop life, we're, we're our, our whole team. Like we, we have our, our, our team still We're we're working six, seven days a week, yeah. working, working hard. And so we're, uh, we got some big things, but for now we're, we're training online. We're pushing hard and, uh, that's awesome. Great. So good. Andrew, thanks for popping in. Make sure you guys check out hooplifebasketball.com. If you're in Saskatchewan in general, you want to get better at basketball, use Squad 10, the promo code. You get 10% off. Uh, just saying. But they have all sorts of stuff, and you got your app as well. Do you want to plug the app? Where yeah. can people find your app? Hell yeah. Just open Android, iOS, just type hooplife in. It'll, it'll pop right up. Perfect. Andrew, we'll see you again in a yeah. few weeks, and uh, we have some more stuff thanks planned. Thanks a ton, so Andrew. Gonna be, Appreciate it, my friend. Awesome. It's going to be a great Appreciate time. Appreciate you, man. All right. We'll be right back after the break. Me and Max have to talk a little. Blue Jays baseball, and we'll uh, see you after the break.
Don't rack your brain trying to source the equipment and materials you need for your business. Rockstar can operate your entire supply chain, from PO creation to expediting your shipments, all from our office. Leverage the buying power of the Rockstar Buying Group to not only save money and time, but also the headache. From gloves to glue, we can provide it for you. Find out more at rockstar.com. Comfort has always been something we, as people, strive for. It means that the places we live and work, and that the people we care most about, are able to go about their lives focusing on the things that matter. While the world seems to be facing one challenge after another, our focus at FlameTech has remained the same for more than 20 years. Now more than ever, we need each other to support our local businesses. As an industry leader in combustion services, we are proud to attend to the needs of our communities and support the local economy. He's covering everything that matters to you. It's the Rod Peterson Show. Tune in live Monday to Friday, 10 a.m. to noon to catch the show live and be a part of the action. Take control by commenting live and sharing the show with your friends. Everyday hoop life. Services Company, LED, LED Sign Rental, Video, Video Production, Event, Event Management. Look no further than IKS Live. Visit our website, IKS Live. Always the best seat in the house. IKS Live. We're back, and we are getting into our Bluebird Block segment, which, of course, is our segment we talk about each and every week. We got the Blue Jays happening right now, and there's a ton going on uh, with them. So let's break it all down. Let's bring Max back in here now for RBI Baseball Training and Softball. Let's hold on. RBI Baseball and Softball Training Centers in Regina, just outside of Regina. Uh, Max, oh, you made a wardrobe change, I see, Max. Wardrobe changes are easy, man. Cher ain't got nothing on me. I, I must say, it's uh, it's easy to to change in uh, the comfort of your own home, though. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Preds already shut the wings out two nothing. So it's time to uh, talk some bluebirds. I'm telling you, man, the Predators are making the playoffs. On my TikTok live, shout out to TikTok yesterday, I made a bold statement that the Predators are going to make a big jump and they're going to jump Columbus and Chicago, and you aren't going to trade nobody. They're keeping everybody. They're keeping the band together, Max. But we're talking baseball I in this segment, like so. We'll, we'll talk about that on our Saturday hockey show on the Squadcast Facebook page. That's right. Um, but, Max, we got to talk about these injuries, man. The Blue Jays are facing some absolute adversity right now. They have injuries coming left, right, and center. Uh, can you just, like, break down the latest few? Because there's some major ones, uh, including one of the biggest offseason signings the team made. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's kind of ironic when you look at the Blue Jays and the new facility that they opened up. It uh, was geared around player performance and and obviously health optimization. Unfortunately, the Jays have been anything but healthy to uh, start this 2021 campaign. But by all accounts, outside of Kirby Yates, we're not looking at anything too, too long term. George Springer out for a few days with a grade two oblique strain. Hopefully that's only a few days. Whenever I think oblique strain, I think of Brett Laurie and how it kind of was the beginning of the end of his career as a Toronto Blue Jay. I ended up getting job. Donaldson out of the deal so I mean it was it was all right I'd say um but yeah, uh, that worked out really nicely Jays Josh Donaldson I'll tell you what one of my favorite Jays he's yeah. only here for a few years one of my favorite Jays of all time absolutely worked out quite all right but yeah and then you look up and down the line Nate Pearson is another one that jumps out at you this this kid is very highly touted um, he, we still have yet to see the, the fruits of the labor of, of his development. And I, I certainly think he's going to be a great Blue Jay for quite a few years. Um, but yeah, these are the road bumps that you face uh, when you're trying to get acclimatized to the big league game. So hopefully his groin injury is nothing to be too, too concerned about. But it is one of those things where I'd certainly hate to see them rush him back and, and not be ready for, uh, for as close to opening day as possible. So we'll see what happens. But Tommy Malone, a really good performance uh, tonight, four and a third innings and a ninth three win against the uh, the Philadelphia Phillies so uh, they've got some names they've got some depth there that could possibly step up but uh, it, it's you definitely don't want to be saying next man up mentality in uh, late March when the season starts in early April that's for sure so we're hearing rumors Max I'm, I'm reading right now that there's maybe some rumors of the management getting a little bit more solidified in Toronto can you talk about what you've heard specifically uh, and what it might mean for the Jays as a team yeah, Team Shapiro and Team Atkins, my goodness, it's it's kind of funny. We look at the development of this duo and upper-level management for the Jays and for the front office, and by all accounts, their resume has, has been stellar work. Um, I know we've questioned a few of the moves that they've made in the past, uh, but by all accounts, they, they are the architects behind what uh, this current version and iteration of the Blue Jays is going to be for the next few years. And uh, I'd certainly like to see Ross get a nice, healthy extension to see uh, if uh, his his work has paid off here. It's it's kind of interesting when you evalu- evaluate GM's performance across all of professional sports. Hockey seems to be very, very quick to, to jump at the gun when you have a, a bad half a season. Uh, and we see it with Ron Hextall, uh, who built uh, this current iteration of the Philadelphia Flyers, and although they're struggling uh, as as of late, uh, by all accounts, he's built a very, very good roster where if they weren't in this stacked division this year, they'd probably be doing pretty well. Um, but back to the Blue Jays and what this extension could mean, it's just further adoration for the work that Ross has done in, in assembling this team that is hopefully going to make Blue Jays fans proud for the next few years. So one thing that came up, we laughed. I think I texted you, or maybe, maybe uh, we were, I don't know where it was, but... Clint Frazier from the Yankees comes out and complains about Dunedin and the, oh, well, I don't know. I don't like it here. The, you know, I'm used to better facilities than this. And I think I, I think we were texting about it uh, and just kind of laughing. Like, come on, man. You can't, you can't get used to for a little bit. Like, you're only going to play the Jays a few times and you're going to complain about their facility when they're stuck without a home. Like, they're kicked out of their country, essentially. And Clint Frazier from the Yankees comes and complains. Uh, what was your take on the Clint Frazier crybaby incident if you want to call it that 
Yeah, I'm calling them the Bronx babies, not the Bronx bombers. I mean, it's it's going to be a, a it's gamesmanship to a certain degree as well, right? It's it's a little bit of bulletin board material, and you look at baseball players as a whole, and I mean, generally across the league, you don't see a lot of high maintenance guys. But when you look at Clint Fraser and his comments, this is going back to last year too. The Yankees weren't happy with the facilities in Buffalo. They're not happy with the hundred million dollar investment that the Jays made into their new complex in Dunedin. Get over it and go play baseball. So let's let's see what happens here. I'm looking forward to the Jays using it as a bit of bulletin board material as an organization and saying, yeah, if you don't like playing here, we're going to make it uh, for the performance basis, not because you guys are just not happy with having your million-dollar chateau on top of Yankee Towers. So, like I said, <laughs> it's, it grinds my gears in a couple of different ways, uh, so, so much so that I, I can't really be articulate about it, but I'm hoping the Jays do what they can uh, as a team to to really put those concerns uh, aside and, and win quite a few ball games against the Bronx Babies. Absolutely. We every time the Jays beat the Yankees, it's a good day for for baseball fans in Canada. Let's just say it that way. Um, so a couple of guys, Max, are a little surprising us this year in terms of their performances at spring training, especially on the bump. And two names that come to mind for me. We talked about it a little bit, uh, I think, over the weekend. But Robbie Ray uh, has been fantastic for the Blue Jays, a guy who has needed a bounce back year for a couple of years now. But it seems like he might be on the road to that. He comes out with an injury, did he not? Yeah, he had a bit of a, a, I guess, a fumble ruski, I guess, so to speak, when he was carrying his kid, uh, right. and he ended up hitting his elbow and bruised his elbow. So by by what we're hearing and what we're seeing, uh, it's overall a bit of a minor injury, but at the end of the day, he is going to miss a spring training start and a, a critical one at that. It's it's possibly his final one before he uh, gets ready to to assume the number two or three hole in the rotation. And uh, yeah, and the other name too, he, just to uh, cut you off better. there. Yeah, just to cut you off, but the other name is Steven Matz, uh, and he's been looking like a, a nice little pickup. Uh, we originally weren't sure if he was even going to fit in that maybe starting five rotation, but the way he's been pitching probably looks like he's earned a spot. Yeah, without a doubt. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my lack of fandom for other organizations around the game. But I thought Steven Matz was like a five foot eight little flamethrower dude. This dude looks like J.A. Happ in his delivery, in his velocity. He might even have a little more velocity than J.A. Happ. The guy's chucking 94 at the top of the top of the zone, and he is just blowing by guys. Uh, when you see that kind of velocity and that type of ability out of a really tall left-handed pitcher, uh, it definitely puts to rest any questions as to why the Jays went out and paid the price they did for this guy. Yes, he's do for a bounce back campaign um but uh overall at the outset of the move i was a little upset that they dealt sean reed foley for this guy but man he is he's put to rest any sort of concerns that i had uh going into opening day with with his performance so far this spring yeah and then finally i guess well we can we can talk about a couple things but charlie montoyo's option gets picked up for 2022 just kind of putting a little confidence on his uh his behalf and his experience and what he's done for this team uh with the lineup in place with the future that is coming up in toronto this has to be the right move to extend the manager who has kind of pushed these young guys along don't you think and it's funny, I go back to this This extension makes me think of uh, Moneyball, one of our favorite baseball movies, and Philip Seymour Hoffman's fa or famous line in the film of, I can't manage this team on a one-year contract. Uh, <laughs> and it seems like maybe that's, I don't think that's the conversation that Charlie Montoyo had with, with front office brass. I mean, by all accounts, Charlie's done well with what he's had. He has been the spearheader of this development project for the Blue Jays and bringing up some really young pieces. Uh, and they had a really good season last year. Why doesn't he deserve to have his option picked up to to see this through 
Um, at the end of the day, it's not like you're walking him in for a five-year, $30 million extension. You're going to let him have this 2021 season to progress and improve and then have 2022 where they could possibly reach true contender status. I know Ken Reed was probably on the show today saying that maybe we temper our expectations this year and not be World Series thinking quite yet, but if they can have a good season where they go on a playoff run, uh, possibly get in an ALDS and see what happens, then you never know. But Charlie certainly deserves it from, from an outsider's perspective. I really like the way he manages a game. He makes smart decisions. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things where I think it's a well-deserved option pickup for sure. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Max. This will wrap up our Bluebird block talking about the Blue Jays. Oh boy. And uh, we got some people tuning in on, on TikTok tonight. Uh, I don't know TikTok. if you can see my TikTok viewers uh, are chiming in here. Um, that was probably just a really crazy roller coaster ride for them. Flipping Should I lie and like say that. yes, I can? Um, but... Uh, one of the things I was curious about, and for anyone watching over here, um, I was wanting to talk about your thoughts on who will lead the Blue Jays in home runs this year. It was in the Vigor, Vigor fan vote. It didn't win the vote, but I figured it was a good way to wrap up the show. I'm going to put you on the spot and make you go first. Who do you think leads the Blue Jays in home runs this season? Oh, you got three or four really, really strong candidates to lead this category. Yeah. Uh, Vladdy looks fantastic uh, with his weight loss. He seems to be uh, another player, a new a new guy shedding uh, nearly a quarter of his body weight. I really like what he's done in the offseason. That would be the easy answer. Um, but I really like what Marcus Semyon has shown this camp in terms of his his swing is just a thing of beauty, man. He just gets to the ball. He gets on top of baseballs. Um, and he's just got a very, very nice, efficient swing that is going to lead to a lot of balls leaving the yard. He hit, what was it, 33 home runs a couple of seasons ago in his uh, AL MVP uh, finalist-worthy season. I really like Marcus Semyon to possibly lead this team. Not by much. I don't think it's going to be a major gap. I think we're going to see power from a lot of different players this year. Um, but I really like Marcus Semyon and for if hey if his $18 million one-year deal can bring in uh, 30 to 35 home runs, I'd say, geez, what do we got to do to sign this guy long-term? But we'll see what happens. It's a long 162 to play, but I really like Marcus Semyon to lead the Jays in terms of the, the boppers this year. How about yourself? So, well, yeah, I'll tell you. Major shout-out, by the way, Chad Isaac. He's an all-star tonight. He's not only commenting on our Facebook wall, but he's also moderating my TikTok live. And he's keeping it in order over there. I think he's actually sent a few people over to watch over on our Facebook and YouTube pages. So shout-out to much, Chad. Chad. Chad says Biggio or Springer, he thinks. Now, that's bold because I don't know if Biggio's got the power to lead this team specifically in home runs. But, Max, this could be a year where you see a Blue Jays team with, like, this could go back a little bit, a little bit, a few years ago, I should say, uh, where the Blue Jays had, like, four or five. All they did was hit home runs, guys. Uh, this could be a team where not only does they have four or five guys who can hit for power, but they also have average. You're looking at George Springer, a guy who can legitimately hit probably close to 300 and probably have 30 home runs. Uh, you could see a team like I'm thinking Simeon, Bichette, uh, Vladdy, uh, Teoscar, Gurriel could have a nice year too. You could have five, almost maybe even six if Rowdy has a crazy good year. You could have five or six guys with 25 home runs legitimately this season. Uh, so... In terms of that, uh, it is a tough decision to pick a guy, but I have a feeling that Vladdy's going to finally come up and show up this year uh, and just that Placada hashtag, Placada, is just going to be going nuts. Uh, the Springer Dingers will be nice. I like myself a good Springer Dinger. But uh, in terms of the – I think Placada is going to be uh, 
vibrant on the Blue Jays Twitter account this year. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Chad is also Absolutely. chiming in. He says, I think it's between six and seven players that can hit for 25 to 30 home runs. I don't think it's a runaway for anybody. That's what I mean. There could be four or five guys with like 35 to 40 home runs this season, maybe even more. Uh, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I'm pretty excited, Max. As am I, my good man. It's uh, it's going to be a really fun 162 to watch this team continue to develop. And they're, they're, like you said, there's legitimate power all over this lineup. And like you said, um, hitting for average is certainly not going to be a problem for this team either. If they aren't in the top three in terms of average runs per game, I think that uh, that signals maybe they have a need for a new hitting coach. But by all accounts and all, all the positivity that's coming out of Jay's camp right now, I don't even think that's going to be an issue. I think we're looking at a team that has the potential to win 85 to 90 ball games, possibly snag a wild card spot. And hey, if they overachieve by five wins, you never know. You just got to get into the dance and see what happens. But I'm very, very, very optimistic and very excited excited about this Blue Jays team uh, and I'm just excited to have a full 162 back as we are normally accustomed to. Absolutely. Super good. Max, we're going to wrap it up with that. Are you looking for a way to improve your skills on the baseball diamond? Make sure you're, you send your kids or whoever uh, to RBI Baseball and Softball Training. They are Sa- Southern Saskatchewan's premier baseball training facility. Uh, you can find them at their website, Facebook or Instagram, RBI Baseball. They rise above the rest. Now, Max, that's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, tomorrow on the Rod Peterson Show, we got a bit of a mixed bag. Re- Ottawa Red Blacks linebacker Don Unamba is going to be on the show, the president. He's coming off a coaching stint in the fan-controlled football league, Max. So we're going to talk to him Ooh. a little bit about that. Uh, and Phil the Thrill Andrews. Uh, we talked about it with Brandon Crow, but uh, he's an awesome dude, and he's in his 10th season with the Regina Pats as the voice of the team. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about Connor Bedard and a whole lot more. Uh, there is more. I think there's a running joke right now, like Brandon Crow kind of alluded to, but um, Rod is kind of giving Connor Bedard a lot of attention. And Rod basically said today, like, the other guys need to gain their attention. Like, give me something to give you attention for, and I'll give you attention. So, I mean, Connor Bedard's lighting it up. He's the, He has more points in his first five games than every other exceptional status player in junior hockey history. I'm talking Connor McDavid, John Tavares, Aaron Ekblad, Joel Valeno, Sean Day. Uh, who am I missing? There's another one in there that's pretty impressive. Um, but either way, was Stamkos? A, no, Stamkos wasn't a guy, I don't think. I'm trying to think there was one John more. John Tavares? I said Johnny Tavares. So it was Tavares, McDavid, you. Ekblad, Sean Day, Joel Valeno, and I swear there was one other guy. Hmm. My mental capacities are tapped out, my friend. That's a Googleable question, but uh, one We're, for another yeah. day. We're getting Either close way, to two hours. The started the entire group. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so next week on this show, we have some plans, but we're going to sort it out into the next couple of days. We have two guests lined up, and we're going to get them in the next two weeks by the sounds of it. Uh, so that'll be really fun. One returner and one new guy. So keep that in mind uh, if you're trying to guess who our guests are for the next couple of weeks. But from the basement of the bunker, uh, we are signing off. I'm producer Clark. Mad Max is... Oh, I always point the wrong way. Now I'm still pointing the right wrong way. Mad Max is hanging out at his house, but he'll be back in the studio next week uh, if all goes Absolutely. well. I'm pretty sure it will. Uh, director Jordan, producer Alan are in the back room, and our friends at Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions, IKS Media, Vigor Lifestyles, Hoop Life Basketball, RBI Training, and Flame Tech Combustion Services. We'll see you next week. I don't have a closing lyric, so I'm just going to say good night. <laughs>